0: Listen to the LARP Lounge live on Sundays at 12 p.m. Mountain Standard Time at
1: twitch.tv slash That's twitch.tv slash A-R-R-U-S-T-A-R. Hello Hello,
2: everybody and welcome to season two episode two of the LARP Lounge. Today we will be talking about the Various kingdoms uh, in the land, or the continent, I guess, of Taroth is yeah, what it would it's, be.
3: It's kind of split into two. It's a big, two different continents on yeah. one giant island.
2: The world itself is what? Cer- 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 Cerulea? Yeah, Cerulea. Yeah, Cerulea is a world. Where, so this is the one continent that we're going to be talking about today. And here we have our guest.
3: I'm Duargo. Um, I'm a Parthen Black Knight. We'll get more into that later, I'm sure.
2: Yeah. Yeah, if we have time, we're going to talk about a few of the classes today, Black Knight and White Knight. So... Uh, you, you had a perfect way of describing. Well, we've gone over races before, yeah. but for anyone that wasn't
3: here for that, how would you describe a Parthen? So, a Parthen, um, for those who have played Skyrim, uh, or any of the Elder Scrolls series, a Parthen is pretty much a Khajiit. They are catfolk, they are uh, usually more covered in fur, they've got tails. Show them my tail? 12. Mm-hmm. It's got tails, ears. Um, so all of your basic cat-like features that you would expect.
2: Proceed says d d Roxasha, that's another good way of putting yeah, it as well. Um, or Tabaxi from 5th edition. Yep, yep, Tabaxi from 5th edition, yep. Uh, that is uh, Crow, by the way. Oh, huh. hello Crow. So, what's up guys, how you doing Hey, yeah, what up? Um, before we even get started, I want to talk about the missing ear. I've never asked you in-game because that's kind of an insensitive thing to do, but I've always wondered what's the story behind The
3: Missing Ear. Um, So this character, he was lost for two years in the desert. He, um, and as kind of almost as a penance for his um, lack of navigational skills because he was his group's ranger and guide. Uh, He cut it off because he was like, it was the best thing that he could think of and have that constant reminder to not let himself get lost again. So that's why he has the one ear and doesn't allow it to grow back. Oh, it can grow back? No. Well, because, you know, any, um, oh, anyone, magical. if you go through, like, a uh, uh, circle of life or yeah, being, uh-huh. anything that was lost previously should grow back. But unless the person uh, is not willing to let it happen. Hmm. So he does that as his own kind of constant reminder. Are so you willingly? Willing. No ear,
2: no ear. No, yep. that's crazy. That's cool to think about, though. So, all right. Well, let's get into the kingdoms. Let's start off with the important one, where uh, of course our adventuring town resides, which would be the Kingdom of Falcongard Falconcrest, yes. Falconcrest, Crest. that's right. Uh, Crest. Named
3: after its king, uh, King Alaric Falconcrest. Um, this is. It's Falconcrest is actually one of the kind of younger kingdoms in Taroth. Uh, It hasn't been around for very long. It's only been for about 10 years as an established kingdom. Um, And it's kind of grown over the years. It kind of happened during the uh, War of Draconic Domination and the War of Kings, which I'm sure we'll get into at some point. Um, It's kind of a newer one. They're known for uh, a lot of their low taxes, expansive politics, um, and they defend their citizens very fiercely. and it is, like you said, the main one. It's, it, it, it's kind of on the, if I remember right, kind of the southern part of the continent of Taroth.
2: I think so. I think we can, oh no, we can't pull up the map because no, it doesn't can, work, right? Yeah,
3: they, they would not see it. But if you go to mythochromes.com, you can find that map.
2: Yeah, is it, it's in the uh, library. It's in the library, yeah. They have maps, so. Yep, there it is. Boom. Nice. Perfect. <laughs> it's there's been a link. since I've pushed those buttons. So. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's in the it's in the library. I think there's another place. if you go to the like standard rule book I think it's in there as well. Yeah,
3: the rule book will go over the two different continents when you're making your character so you can decide, oh I like my character, he's very military background. So I looked through the map and found, Oh hey, here's a map of uh, the country that works for him. Yeah.
2: So who is the current residing king and queen of Falcon Crest? Uh
3: the current king is uh, Ga Galathule. He um used to lead the armies of Falcon Crest during the War of Kings. Um, he, is, uh, he started his own legacy as a squire to a knight. So he didn't always... He always kind of had kind of that leadership role. Um, he always was kind of in that knight position. So he had the upbringing of the knight where you learn uh, he is a white knight, which we'll also cover. Um, uh, he's known to also be kind as well which is kind of important because some people always think knights can't always be kind or they can be book smarts. Mm-hmm. So for him, that was kind of important. Um, and he also is an earthwalker, which are basically druids. He has respects for nature. So he kind of over-encompasses everything and tries to make everyone in the kingdom of falcon feel welcome. Um, he actually isn't royalty. Um So to say, because he was kind of forced onto uh, the crown Mm -hmm. by the previous king, um, King Falconcrest, in 214, which was six years ago. um, Because at the time, he was just a general in the armies. But they liked him so much from being able to get the... uh, To basically bring a stop to the War of Kings, which was shattering the world at the time. Yeah. So a lot
2: of people don't know, we did talk about it just very briefly last week, but um, Gilrandir was actually a playable character. Yes. So he, he was one of us before he became king of the world. So you can become someone very yeah, important in the game. you can get very, game.
3: very high up, and a lot of the player characters do that. Yeah. Um, but he's also retired, so he only comes in every, so basically comes in, but he'll, you know, still do decrees and everything.
2: I didn't know he was also an Earthwalker, that's kind of weird. Yes,
3: he, he is. He's kind of kind of a well-rounded guy, so yeah. an Earthwalker and a Lightwalker mm. at the same time. Wow,
2: that's crazy. That's a lot of codes to have to follow. But the Earthwalker code is much more lenient than yeah, the Lightwalker it's, code. It's, so.
3: it's definitely not as strict. It's just kind of a show a good um, respect for nature mm-hmm. and the druids, all yeah. that stuff. I don't know that one as well. Yeah. Um, I did. I have, I am following it now, actually. you so. got a magic item. Yeah. You have to. <laughs> um, and then, the queen right now is his wife, Natasha Galithule. Um She is also a former character as well. Because um, she uh, was, again, like us. She went through the ranks. Um, and so she became another part of the queen. So their characters uh, married and she is also a Parthen, like me. Uh, Queen, uh, but her normal name is uh, Natasha Silvermoon. So she Galithule was her married name, mm-hmm. but she just goes by that because she doesn't really. A lot of people kind of give her a bit of crap for being a Silvermoon, because Silvermoon, uh, the most other popular is um, Averick Silvermoon, who is a vampire lord. So people don't like like that she's related to a vampire.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, wasn't Averick... Um, yeah,
3: Averick did start off as a Parthen as well. well but,
2: but he wasn't he the warden to Galathule? Yeah, he was the warden to yeah, Galathule. so that's kind of a funny little circle. That yeah, that, that, that little
3: tight-knit, um, hmm. try to keep all the royalty. Um, but she also was known for leading a lot of the healer's guild, so she is mm-hmm. kind of more... She still can fight, um, but she's more kind of on the healing side of things. Um, she's known to have slain demons with a magic warhammer, befriending ice giants, um, in Loroth, but Loroth well, that is that southern continent, but we don't talk about them. Um, and she also was kind of also known to fight off, um, magical compulsions of the father of monsters, Typhon. Uh, not a very nice guy. <laughs> oh, hey, we got the shield, that's cool.
2: Yeah, that's my, that's my email for people that are subscribed to the channel. That's Nevitz, you can guess who that is. Nevitz, probably. I'm
3: just pulling a blank right now. I'm sure it's once you It's Boji. How Boji? Yeah. Be- beautiful. So that's why he said, um, stop, Emmer time. <laughs> beautiful. Um, so uh, Parthons are not a natural race, they're kind of considered as monsters, but they became more civilized throughout the years. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a good thing that they did, because otherwise Dorga would not be here. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of persons that wouldn't be there. Yeah. Um, She doesn't also have a lot of authority in, um, as would uh, Gilrandir does, but she still does have kind of a sway over the political landscape. Um, So she's kind of, she's there, she's not as important, but she still does have a say in things that go on.
2: Now who is heir to the throne since something happened to King Gil?
3: Um, if I remember right, I had it. I think it is, right now, it is Prince uh, Eric. Mm -hmm. Prince Eric, yep. Hey, those cookies were forced down everyone. That witch did not tell them they were Parthons. (laughs) Also, I know you eat Parthons too sometimes,
2: Crow. (laughs) That's what he's referring to mostly. (laughs) Yeah, right now the heir is, since they don't have a child, the heir is King Eric Falconcrest, so it'll actually go back to
3: the Falconcrest names. Falconcrest names instead of the Galatulis. Yeah, so that's kind of crazy. Hair gets caught in the teeth, though. Oh, jeez. That's why you just go for the skinless ones. Go for orcs, goblins. Or you just milk a kobold. Oh.
2: (laughs) That's a story for another day.
3: (laughs) Um, So that's kind of the basic overview for uh, Falconcrest. Uh, that I have and that I know
2: okay yeah that covers well I didn't realize it was such a recent kingdom so
3: fire solves the hair issue oh jeez I mean you're not wrong fire <laughs> solves a lot of problems um, yeah it is kind of a newer one I think there were other kingdoms and it was part of other baronies that mm-hmm. were in the area but an official kingdom hasn't been sent uh, is only fairly recent
2: uh, okay, Oh, that's cool that's something I did not know, so look I'm learning along with you guys. The more you know. Yeah, the more you know that's right. All right, so go ahead and what's the next one that you wanted to um, talk
3: about? We'll go to my character's home country of Ibris, which is to the northwest of Falcon Crest. Kind of, uh, it is kind of a coastal region. It's on the western border. Uh, a lot of the north. Uh, it's primarily a militaristic kingdom kind of a firmer role on gender views, so a lot of the other player characters, uh, when they meet in Ebrin, um, usually get met with some surprise. Like, if there is a female power leader, uh, the males will try to find a male that is more in power first, rather than talking to the female, because uh, females in that society are kind of viewed on the lower end of the spectrum. Um, it's also expected yeah, just Taroth today. Yeah, probably just Taroth, yeah. Because, let's be real, no one goes to Laroth anymore, except for odd plot and characters who's born into Laroth and they have to go there. Um, so there, it's also kind of expected for each, uh, the first male of each generation of each family uh, is expected to join the military. Obviously, they're not restricted to just the first son. Hmm. Um, so my character, he's got a brother, both him and his brother join the military, um, even though mine, my character is the oldest of him and his brother. Um, and they're usually also to, uh, um, the other males are also expected to kind of go into other positions I mean, that makes sense for them to go back, if they ever need to. Yeah, we're working on some stuff in La Roth, so it's kind of sad
2: that it seems like they're cycling it out, but... Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a crazy, crazy land. It is crazy. So there's a lot of crazy stuff that happens there, but yeah, we are from La Roth. Not a lot of people know that in-game, though. So no, I, I, I wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. I would
3: have thought from Falcon Crest or yep. um, one of the others. Um, they're also kind of expect if they don't serve in the military, men are supposed to join... Um, Uh, do other things like farming or blacksmithing Um, not more as domesticated work, that's more for the females so females would be doing the laundry Uh, they'd be doing the merchanting because the men also are um, kind of above in their society of handling cash so they would have women do the merchant work, women doing um, shopkeeping men would try to barter in their society uh, a lot of them also follow the path of the Nightwalker, which also a lot of their knights have to because their knights are black knights. Um, so for me, for the longest, when my character was starting off before he became a knight, we had one female player in our little black knight yeah. group uh, who would carry our cash for us because yeah. the men would be like, oh, that's above us to carry cash. Um, mercenaries are also looked down upon as well, but they have their own group as well. Um, They're not officially recognized by the crown, though, because taking money for hire is kind of a, oh, that's kind of women's work. Oh, yeah. And kind of frowned upon by a male because it makes them seem as weaker in their society, but they'll still respect them.
2: I was wondering how uh, Zyra became the guy's treasure because that seemed like almost she almost seems like a position of renown in your thing, but apparently it just seems more of a cultural thing. Yeah, it's kind
3: of a cultural thing because a lot of the other um, their the other characters in the group they're more they're a little bit uh, more strict on their views. Mm -hmm. My character was kind of loose on it, so he was kind of okay with it. But yeah, the others would not carry the cash on at all. They have to go to her for the payments. They go if they want to buy something. Uh, she keeps everything. We rescued Zyra because we saw her getting attacked and we are like, hey, we need someone to carry our money now that we're out. <laughs> so we just kind of rescued her and picked her up.
2: So what's the? since you brought it up, what's the name of your group that you belong to? Uh,
3: my group is called the Dark Star. He's not a full member anymore of them because uh, being a black knight, he has to focus more on uh, his knight order instead of them. But they were all a group of military veterans they served together during wars in the early, um, the time of like the early 2000s or the 200s. Sorry, because we take an extra zero out for the years in the in the game. So they, they served for years, and then once they uh, got out, they still just kind of stuck together uh, and became their own little adventuring party. Mm-hmm. And then they went down to, uh, they went down to the town, and then things went south as soon as we showed up. The king gets murdered, and then they got replaced, and it was just a whole big wow. political mess. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, some of the important figures, the main one right now, uh, Queen Vivian Fallion is the current queen uh, after she usurped the previous King West because uh, uh, he was assassinated during a political coup uh, during the summer that my whole group came in, and they thought that we had something to do with it yeah people like they met us and then that happened they met us the night before and then the very next morning all this political coup happened and then they just see us and they're like are you did you do this are you a part of this well that's funny <laughs> talk about bad well, well no it was because the night before they're the leader of their knight which is kind of their um in a position of power but not uh like the queen uh lord knight cadaris he leads their Black Knight groups and most of the armies. Um, and so he was also trained by Queen Falyan's, uh brother, Queen, or King Falion the Red. So he's kind of ambitious, a true patriot. Um, and so he came in and we helped him. And then the next day, because so we have to respect him because he's a war Knight. And at the time, we're just low veterans. So we had to respect him as a position of power. And then we we're like, oh... We just helped do a political assassination.
2: Wow, that's crazy. So you said that they don't usually, like if there's a woman in power, they try to find a man in power. So who do they, do they try to circumvent the queen or do no, they still so, go to her?
3: So since she is the, um, so the knights would re- be reporting to Kaderis, mm-hmm. but if the queen was talking to them, they still do listen to her okay. uh, because they are, uh, if they are active followers of the path of the Nightwalker. They have to respect people in a position of power, even though they might not think uh, she is res- uh, deserving of that respect. Okay. So yeah, they 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 kind of think they still since she's still kind of a newer queen to the throne, she because um, it's only about two years this upcoming summer, she's she's still fairly new. So they're still kind of seeing how she's gonna lead. Uh, political rumors, they're still kind of untru- uh, distrusting of her. But they'll still listen to her because she's on the throne. Yeah. So therefore they have to. Okay. Um, those are the two main leaders of the throne right now um, in their political landscape. So we'll move on to the next
2: one. Yeah, I'm not familiar with any of the kingdom names, so I can't ask you. What's the no. next one? like. This no. One just- Ibris is kind of. Um, the I am role. familiar with Ibris, though, because I remember that's where you guys are from, and you yep. guys are called Ebrins as, as, as uh, yep. citizens
3: of, and then citizens of Progress are just called citizens of Falbergres. They don't have a fancy. Yeah, they're they're, they're not like the Narovia Narovi, that's the next one we'll cover. Norobo, uh which is their neighbor to the east. Um, yeah, they're called Narovi. They um, right theirs is a weird one because they're pri- they have a very small human population. Yet, humans are the main people in power. Um, a majority of the people who help rule in the RoVo is um, humans, mm. even though they've got a more diverse population of dwarves, parthens and a few elves. Not a lot, because elves are kind of hated in that country. Um, they're kind of a, more of a off-putting... Uh, Climate: There are a lot of heat, a lot of cold, very high uh, extreme temperatures, so not a lot of people can thrive in that Mm. place unless they are... But a lot of them are also um, migratory. There are a lot of traveler nomads. Mm. So they don't always stay, but the few cities that do are permanent because they realize that you can't always roam all the time. Um, The most... Let's see, the north is kind of more to the the northern part of the country is more of where the nomads live, the south is the more established countries. Um, Otherwise, most of them uh, trade for everything, they are where a lot of the ritual components that casters need because they've just got mines across the whole country for some reason. Um, So yeah, so the ruling country is, um, they don't really have a set queen king, they've got Representatives of each of the tribes there. So it's kind of a conglomerate, um, very much like the barbarians from mm-hmm. Hadrinus, which we'll also cover.
2: So you said that humans... So what else resides there besides humans if
3: the humans are the least populated? Um, the majority of the other residents, um, they are... They used to be a colony of elves, so they do have a small... It's mostly elves, Parthons, and dwarves are the main population of Norovo. Um, they still do have humans scattered about, but it's it is kind of weird that humans are the one because uh, the main their monarch is a human, mm-hmm. uh, and they're verdant. Um, so that the other people on the uh, kind of the group, the councils for yeah. Narobo are two parthens and a dwarf. Mm. So it's kind of a weird one. That's cool, I didn't know that. Um, their monarch, the the human Kazam uh, the third. Uh, uh, kind of took the throne begrudgingly because he didn't. He doesn't like to rule. He's he, he's just kind of forced into it mm. because of his father. Um, he just more likes to throw parties. He's mm. very kind of a hedonist. He just wants to drink and be merry, and he's just happy with the other parties to rule. But he also does still make appearances when they want to see the monarch. Um, the other three. Hazara is the uh, leader and the longest serving member of the council for about 20 years or so because she's not really magically enhanced like some of the other ruling parties um, like Queen Falion has been alive for 8 centuries wow So she is, but she still looks like she's in her mid-20s because of magic um, so yeah Hazara has kind of been ruling for 20 years and she kind of represents the majority of the Parthen clans, um, although a lot of her authority has kind of been subsided by the other um, other Pride Lord, um, Firefoot, who's the other Parthen on the council right now. Um, he also, he's actually not from Taroth originally, he's from Laroth, oh. um, and he kind of lived in a jungle, emerged, and helped defend Norovo during Typhon's invasion when there was orcs, goblins, and other monstrosities that arrived. Um, and he has kind of taken up a leadership in the tribes. And a treaty uh, also grants the prior, uh, Pride Lord to strike down any proposed laws so he can veto anything that he deems that would not help Norovo as a whole. Oh. Um, kind of like the checks and balances in our own government. He can, he's, part, he's one part of the branch, and he's... He's kind of a. A lot of people have a throw up about him because he does. He kind of is was an up and coming underdog. Not a lot of people were expecting him to take power. The other one, Karad Earth Brewer, uh, of course, dwarves always have to have fun names like that. <laughs> That's
2: um, a very dwarven name for
3: sure. Yeah, Dwarf Brewer, Stone Hammer, things like that. Uh, he kind of mostly serves. Um, a large stake of land in the... Uh, he mostly owns the mines up in the north. Mm. Uh, so that's why he's got his position of power. Um, and he's kind of also helps uh, do all the trading for the country. He um, kind of hasn't been seen with from the other dwarves in quite a while, though. Mm. So right now it's Parthons and the humans are the main body um, who are around at the moment. Uh, the other one, who's kind of a weird one, not a lot of people know about him... Uh, is a kind of a magic being called the Verdant Lord. He is kind of this enigmatic entity kind of ruling over a jungle in uh, in Norovo, which is weird because other, most of the other parts of Nerovo are desert. Mm-hmm. It's warm or cold, mountains, vast dunes. Um, and he is kind of known to collect servants, uh, kind of almost a brainwash in a sense. Um, and he's still kind of as a mystery no one really knows kind of what he wants he's got a servant kobayashi who kind of does again also another mysterious man a lot of people know about him um he's just kind of there and helps out so it's kind of hard to talk about him because uh not a lot of people know about yeah, him Yeah, there's not much known about him yeah so they can't really say much hmm. I don't think that we've
2: ever had any dealings with the Verdant Lord before. So. Not
3: anything recent. Most no. of it would have been through, uh, like I said, most of it's through Kobayashi, which we've dealt with him. Have we? Yeah, he's. I think he's come in a couple times. Mm. Um, there's. Uh, they are also, like I said, there is still some elf tribes who wander around, but elves are not very well looked upon. Um, they kind of are almost as racist as what a would be if they went to the Elfen Spire, which, the Elven countries. Uh, because they were, um apart of, from, from Nerovo is always going to behold as much contempt for Elves as they would to them. Um, because they wanted to split off Norovo and the Elves were not happy about that. So now they just kind of hate each other. Mm. Um, let's actually go to Elfen Spire next. Okay. Uh, the, one of the Elf kingdoms. Um, they are already here in Taroth when everyone else kind of came in because Taroth wasn't always inhabited by, you know, the Parthons, the Dwarves, uh, the Barbarians. We kind of all came from a different planet. So th- this is also kind of a newer continent. It's only about, I think, 2,000 years old, mm. which is how you know, Queen Pallian and all the other people would have been alive for as long as they have been. Um... They're kind of an elitist, kind of your very typical elves from any fantasy, kind of your high, almost like high elves, not yeah. like wood elves, a very high society, they look down on other races, um, but they still do focus on a lot of their knowledge, they're more of a knowledge-based society rather than fighting um, and other stuff. They're kind of also isolated because they've got a magical, ball, uh, a magical border stretching around. It's my bot
2: talking. 100 nice. dragon gold. Yeah, dragon gold, that's
3: right. <laughs> that's that highly sought out after.
2: Yeah, in our world, in Mythic Realms, dragon gold is extremely rare. and Price People fluctuates
3: pay. what it's worth. Yeah, no, they'll, they'll pay 20 gold just to have like two or three dragon gold sometimes. Yep. So. Uh, but, so they um, are also kind of a wide selection of attitudes on magics, and everything also, there uh, a lot of it was also flooded out as well. Um, so, the tower that you can see is pretty visible, but there's at least 84s and about even though I mark it two and a half gold.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, that sounds about I don't know. Dorgo doesn't mess with dragon gold yet, so he doesn't have to. Yeah, I don't <laughs> mess with it either. I don't know. I haven't <laughs> even seen
2: one other than on the talk show, like, I've never seen one in games so. Because there are no more dragons to trade them for, trade them to for more. Yeah, dragons is where the value comes from dragon gold because they value them above other currency. Yeah. So
3: maybe, maybe when you come back from the door of death, from the hall of doors, uh, we'll get some more. Crow. Dragons are buying them for ten plus gold. Yeah. I- I'm sure uh, Lord Bitterbeer has an excess hiding in his in his storehouse. Oh yeah. Um, so, they, uh, the, the kingdom, they value knowledge and magics, and they don't have, oh, um, this side of magic is bad, this side of magic is good. They kind of see it just as magic. Like their views on necromancy, which is mostly in the kingdoms of Taroth, widely considered illegal. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's some situations where it's okay, like my character, as long as I am in Ibris, he can cast necromancy. Uh, uh, None of us have an excuse. Excess. Excess. A couple of us have a few, is all.
2: Mm, yeah. yeah, I don't know that you ever have an... I, even
3: if you had 10, I don't know that I'd call that an excess, because no. it, it's still super rare, but... It's a rare rarity. Um, so, for example, like, their views of necromancy are um, kind of... It's, they don't consider it as dangerous itself. They view it as if it's in the wrong hands is when it becomes yeah. dangerous. So, as long as you're using it in the correct ways, they don't really care. Although they still have uh, their own laws about who can cast it and whatnot. Because they have to be very cautious, because they don't want necroboids. But they also think that um, Mystic is on the other side as well. They believe that their Mystics create these pools of this energy that can cause other spawns to come out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just kind of also believe in the circle of life. Uh, they die, they become grass, and then they get eaten, and so forth. And it just kind of goes through that whole process. What's their view on Abyssal? Uh, most countries um, hate Abyssal magic. They don't. They, that is one of the few recognized magics that they will not allow for knowledge, because Miss Abyssal almost destroyed the world. And so it is across all of Taroth, it is considered illegal to try to study and know more about Abyssal magic. As we all found out during Winterfest last year with Leaf. Yeah. Another story for another time.
2: We've talked about it a few times on here. Not like, yeah. not in, super in depth. in depth, but we've we've gone over it a few times. What happened there and everything like yeah. that. So
3: that, it's kind of a general. If you are caught with Abyssal Magics into Roth or items from the Abyss, you will be pretty much killed and fined.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, especially if you are with, uh, of sound mind, not forced, not kind of forced into being... Yeah. ...with it. Because sometimes you don't remember it happened. Yeah, that's true. Um, so for them, kind of their, um... Not their politics and their leaders, not a lot is known about them, because you have to kind of be in their... kind of born into Elden Spire, or have good contacts to kind of meet anyone in there and know who's who. Um, obviously people still know who is in there, um... But they just don't come out as often because elves are hoity toity. Uh, their, their, their king, right now, who's been ruling for centuries, uh, is uh, King Rovius Gilbereth. He's kind of wise and old, but he's definitely that elf who doesn't like to go out. Um, he's kind of a. Not a lot is known about him. Uh, there, then there is the oldest daughter or the oldest son, Baron Valinoth Gilbereth of Shadar, because uh, the kingdom of uh, Inspire is divided into three different subsections. So each of his children rules a different section. Mm. So their their title is what section they rule over. Uh, so Shadar is the oldest son. He's kind of a relaxed, nonchalant elf. Uh, he enjoys. He doesn't really like to meddle in politics um which is kind of not a good thing for an elf to do especially if he's going to be alive for <laughs> a couple hundred years he kind of needs to be involved with his politics because yeah. a, a century could for him could go in the blink of an eye yeah uh then the baroness Calcente gilbereth of Serdwin is the king's only daughter uh she's more uh known as the public face for elton spire she uh, is the only one that you can directly contact if you. Um, if you. Is the only one that you can talk to if you don't already have an inside contact. So she's the one who talks to new people who want to join into Elthinspire, Um And she kind of also helps everything else. Then the, the last son is the youngest of Baron Theron Gilbereth of Ilya. He is the youngest, um, not as experienced as his other siblings. But he um, is considered kind of the he, older than he is in his mind. Uh, a lot of people uh, have said that he is kind of more conservative thinking like his elders, um, very elitist. He doesn't really trust a lot of outsiders, unlike the other, um, like the Baroness, because instead of keeping recluse, the Baroness wants to open the doors for everyone else. So elves are kind of that elitist group sometimes.
2: I wonder, that's really weird, because as soon as you said the name Gilbreath, I uh, in looking for the Shield of Spring, I'm speaking to a druid Gilbreath.
3: And I'm sure it's like a, a kind of a sub one. I'm not sure if any of yeah. those three are. No,
2: I don't think it was any of them. I don't know who it is. It's definitely not the last one, because uh, he would be talking <laughs> a human with the information no. of the Shield of Spring.
3: I, 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 so. it, it was probably one of their own children or yeah, someone else something. in the Gilbreath lineage. Yeah. Um, but they also train a lot of um, very proud warriors mm-hmm. because they, they're very similar to uh, ibris where they started their children off young they'll go from 10 to 14 and they'll only pick one weapon and become masters of their weapon um, very similar to the bruce lee quote i'd rather fear a man who has practiced one kick a thousand times than a thousand kicks one time because they they know what they're doing when they pick their weapons mm-hmm. So for them, it's, they, they like knowledge, but they will defend themselves. Let's see, who do we want to do next? We'll do... We'll go
2: for Barbarian. Yeah, let's, see, let's do Hedrinus, because there's some stuff going on there right now, isn't there? Vote for King Ragnar Tallcastle, future <laughs> King of the dryness. Yeah, they've got uh, something going on called the Moot. Which we'll talk about,
3: I guess. I'm, I'm sure we'll cover over that. Uh, so Hadrinus is kind of a southeastern south kingdom, uh, and they're considered as the barbarics throughout the rest of the world. A lot of them don't really view them as uh, very civilized. The Most of the barbarian races, because fun it's weird that barbarians in this world, in our LARP world, are not considered as a class, but as a race. Although people do usually build into the stereotypical barbarian rage man mm-hmm. um, but they for them kind of have a loyalty in ancient traditions um, and they they are also kind of they're mostly sailors because they are mostly ocean locked uh, where they are they're barbaric warriors and they love adventure they will always they also kind of go for looser fitting clothing so instead of like other ones where they mostly dressed in leathers and finer silks they're just kind of loose cloth and wools. Um, theirs is kind of divided into five different very similar to um, Norovo. They don't have a king. They haven't had a king in several or several ye- or several hundred years since um, Queen Octavia or Queen Emblem Veneer, one of uh, the high queen of Taroth uh, left. So she used to be it, she used to be queen for the dryness until she left to go become the High Queen hmm. of the entire continent. Um, so they still have just kind of been relying on the, uh, the five clans, the Synod of Five, uh, which is what's going on right now. Uh, They're trying to find an actual king to become a new king because they haven't had one for a while. And just relying on these individual clans is not always the best. Um, so they've got five. The Clan Sigurd of the West is a... Um, They're also mostly barbarians, but they're known as raiders and explorers. Then there's Clan Esketh of the Northern Coast. They're mostly humans, uh, excellent sailors and traders. Then there's Clan Boldir of the Highland Eastern Mountains, mostly barbarians. They're warriors, blacksmiths, and beast masters. So they'll bring in large dire wolves and other Mm -hmm. beasts to help them in battle. Clan Veneer of the Lowland Southern Coast, mostly humans, they are kind of the weird, kind of the odd man out out of all the clans, because they also focus on magics mostly, instead of um, being these warriors, physical Hmm. warriors, Um, which is kind of why Imbla is such a powerful caster. She learned from the best uh, mages in her clan. Uh, And then Clan Nightwolf. Uh, again, another primary of barbarians—they're again raiders. So most of their, most of the barbarian tribes focus on hunting, raiding, and uh, building these beautiful longboats. So they are—they are your very stereotypical fantasy barbarians, where they just want to hunt, explore, and fight. Um, kind of their uh, structure is—they've got three different people in each tribe. So for their, their political landscape is just all sorts of crazy, because they've, yeah. they've got the king up at the top, if they ever can get one, then they've got the Jarls of the clans, then they've got the holders and then they've got the Thrall. So their whole tier in their political system is crazy, because everyone says, oh, I've got a right to the throne, which technically they all do, but it's so muddled that you can't really prove it, and it's kind of harder to describe.
2: Yeah. But there's a lot going on right now, not only with the mood, but they've had some political things happening with um what's the other thing? in Acheron. Yeah, Acheron. Um they had some a raid that happened that killed some uh politicians basically and someone from Ebron I believe was in that raid.
3: I, uh I actually my character is studying and investigating that yeah. thing. And um so it was a counselor's wife who was accidentally killed in the raid. And then um, some shady dealings with the local Acheronian guards were telling, starting to basically be more racist towards barbarians. They were kicking them out. Uh, and then the barbarians were basically trying to defend themselves because the Acheronians were trying to uh, throw them overboard and drown them. So well, a lot of political turmoil. In, going. The,
2: in the news, they did throw them overboard in the Bay of, uh, Bay of, Hope. Bay of Hope. Kind of Bay. in the middle um, yeah.
3: of a lake. That's, that they can sail across.
2: And some of them, when thrown overboard, were still shackled. So you can understand that a lot of them died, so there's a lot of very much turmoil going on yeah. right it, now.
3: It's, it's all crazy, um, but they were thinking that it was mostly just the one clan of Clan Nightwolf for some reason, which I do not know yet. But I Have s- you read the slo- recent news on it? I'm sure I'll get told about it. Yeah,
2: one of the, I think, Haldir's or whatever you said came. It was a Jarl. Yeah, They they knew it was
3: a Jarl who did the raid, but there was subtle like black market dealings in that.
2: Well, another one came to court and straight up was like, the the raid may have been Nightwolves, but your reactions to Barbarian was not okay, and he basically threatened them with all that war. He's like, so you need to make this okay, or we're going to have a problem.
3: Which is understandable if a majority of your peoples were uh, forcibly executed without any yeah, sort of fair them. chance to fight yeah. back. So is
2: not cool. It's kind of crazy what's going on
3: in the world so, right now. So I'm sure my character will get a lot of that plot. Yep, you will. So, as a vengeance bringer, people came to me and were asking for, like, hey, these were unfaithfully killed. I want you to understand what's going on.
2: So yeah, and this is one of the things that's really cool about Mythic is that they have these otherworld dealings going on that don't necessarily affect the town directly, but they still, rather than just not do anything with it, they actually take the time to have yeah. political turmoil and other things happening on in the other parts of the world. And so. It
3: is cool, and uh, it is nice that they do involve. Players can get involved in plot mm-hmm. as just by just simply talking to an NPC. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talked to an NPC that was a Black Knight and here I am now, a year later. Yeah. It, you can get involved so easily by just taking the time to talk to a, to a, to a player or to a NPC or a retired player. Yeah. So it, you can get involved very, very easily. Yeah. So um, Let's talk about Acheron though since we brought it up. Flip over to Acheron. So they're kind of to the southwest across this body of water, um, they share borders with mostly Falconcrest and Ibrus as well, they are mostly a merchant empire. Mm-hmm. Um, although right now they are kind of in a period of recovery because their previous ruler, the Seer of Acheron, um, who was a powerful necromancer, uh, kind of dominated most of the peoples and had them in fear for their very lives. Um, so the the merchants and the nobility kind of suffered under this very, very uh, strict oppression um, by the Seer of Acheron's cultists. So they are kind of now, but now that the um, the previous ruling family, the Brissius family, uh, has kind of come back, the the merchants are coming back, uh, and even after that, they are still considered one of the richest countries in all of Taroth. They they control a majority of the trade through everything going in and out. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they have very good sway in the political landscape. What happened to the theater background? Is he still a thing? Or no, he has uh, since been killed, if I remember right. Um, yeah, he was a necromancer who was killed. Uh, he was known for... He was killed during the 2212 from... Uh, Falcon Crest Adventure, so he is no longer alive. Oh, we killed him. Okay, I was wondering if he, we had something yeah. to do no, with that. He, of course, nah, a lot of uh, players are from Acheron, so they, they were, of course, they had a kind of a sway in there. Plus, he was a, not a very nice guy, yeah. uh, creating a death cult, uh, brutal laws and rumors that he would basically promise people to, promises of immortality in helping him rule with an iron fist. Hmm. Um, so it is a good thing that he has been killed. Uh, right now, the close counts. Uh, they do, they still have a king, King Bricius. Um uh, kind of a younger monarch. He is um, kind of a puppet head, so kind of like the Queen of England. She doesn't really rule the king rule England, but she is there and yeah. can still make laws. But yeah. she's not the actual true power. Yeah. Uh, the true power right now is uh, the Closed Council, yeah. um, which is mostly a merchant. So merchants rule the rule the country for them. Um, they are act as advisors to the king, uh, help them rule, um, and they are... Not, uh, the, the ruling council right now is Lord Bort uh, Bitterbeer, uh, who is a, another player. Mm-hmm. He's a retired character. Lord Dan Salt, Lord Filar Lady Caspa, and Lord Ikos... Ikosial. Bitterbeer does come in quite a good amount. He is known for throwing gold at new adventures because Mm -hmm. he can. And he's Mm -hmm. got nothing else better to do with his money. (laughs) Yeah. I actually need to see his...
2: um his thoughts and his reaction to what happened to the tavern, how it got destroyed, so... He, he was not happy. Yeah.
3: The, the first time that I saw him after that, he was very displeased that his tavern was destroyed and rebuilt and burned. and He, he doesn't like that there's still a random portals hiding in the basement of the tavern. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most popular joke is, because we have a lot of players who have young children, that there's a baby portal in the basement of the tavern. Mm. So... <laughs> They, uh, kind of a, and then also kind of another influential group who's not really in, um, in power, so to say, is the Sons of Acheron. Um, kind of a patriot group. Mostly um, aristocracy and families who were kind of ravaged by the Seer of Acheron. Um, most of them, they're kind of a pa- uh, patriarchal at best, very misogynistic. A little bit worse sometimes than um, Ibris. Um, they, but they have been trying to improve the conditions of the people, so they are kind of considered as like folk heroes, kind of like the the Sons of Liberty for us uh, in the United States um, right now, kind of like the main uh, the, the balance of power is always kind of shifting within um, within, the count, within the closed council right now so the, kind of it also just depends on who is uh, the main most more money money for them is who decides who has oh, more power okay. so right now lord icosial oversees most of the judicial and log- logistical functions or lord dan salt manages kind of the collection of taxes uh and does grants royal uh, titles because you can be nobility in that kingdom very easily oh, wow. as long as you have a stake of land and good money and you pay taxes to the kingdom you can be considered as a nobility in their yeah. eyes um they also have let's see, who else? Uh, Lady Caspa is kind of the Royal Chancellor uh, Royal Chancellor. She's kind of the main advisor to uh, to the king to King Briceus right now, uh, helps guide him. And then Lord Bitterbeer is kind of being a band. He's, um, since he is kind of morpho fo- he likes his adventuring lifestyle. Some people think he's not ready to do that full shift over to being a proper lord he still wants to adventure and just be a tavern owner so he that's why he's kind of a crazy man yeah it's very possible to buy um uh, the other kind of major power um not in any of like the leadership is the banking house of calder and scales who um they're the main bank of the country of acheron they handle a lot of they um hire adventurers mercenaries uh, kind of further their interests and expand kind of their bank and influence throughout the kingdoms. Uh, they're the ones who actually got attacked during the raid. Yeah, that's what um, that name. Which is weird familiar. because they, they nothing was stolen. <laughs> so they did a failed raid, accidentally killed the Chancellor's wife, and then he just died. And then all that political crazy mess. Yeah, that's crazy. It's, all that for next to nothing. Uh, they think that uh, some shady dealings. Um, they they think that the counselor wanted his wife killed, so he kind of bribed the jarl of the Night Wolf Clan to go and do this raid. Um, not sure exactly why they did, but like I said, my character is investigating it, so yeah, he'll find out.
2: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with all this, because it's kind of fun to to see what's going. Like, I mean, it's. <laughs> It's scary, but it's fun at the same time. Yeah. Like it, it, it is interesting, I like it.
3: So. um, Let's see, who should we do next? I don't know how many are left. I don't let's even see. know. Let's see, we've got Chindius, Misaetrius, oh. and then, and Ethlyn Spires. So we already did Ethlyn Spires. Ethlin, the Ethlin Isles. Oh, okay. Give me yeah, power. are oh. Hey. Hello, new friend. Um.
2: Hummel, did that just go off now or did you repeat it? I repeated it. Oh, hum, hummel flodermis. I don't even know how to say that. Anyway, would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? Hi, neighbor. Thanks for joining oh, no, no, I don't know why I got popped up on the other side, though. It didn't show up over here? Mm-mm. That's weird. I, want I just left it and seen it on the screen. I
3: something must be broken then. Well, we noticed you new friend. Yes, so, thank you. One, two...
2: Three. Let's, let's go over, you mentioned it, let's go over Haven then real quick. So, so
3: I've, I've heard
2: that name. I know we go there a few times as well.
3: Uh, Haven is the next one. Uh, they actually kind of, uh, kind of a Southwatch. So Northwatch is the main town that we, um, that the group, that uh, Mythic Realms is set in. So Southwatch is kind of in that area as well. Uh, they were mostly also destroyed by a um, the Forsaken who were a race of, un, kind of a sub-race of undead. Not very fun things to deal with. Um, There's is a majority of Xellicu, uh, which are considered as drow, or dark elves uh, in other worlds, to kind of give you that kind of idea. Um, a lot of them have kind of also traveled here from LaRoth as well, uh, and they've also kind of come up through a sub where it's called the Under, uh, kind of the Underrealm or the Underdark. Um, mm-hmm. Right now, the main king or the main ruler for Haven is King Vol. Um, he's kind of the most cunning political figure right now in all throughout all the viewers and killer um, political leaders of Taroth right now. Uh, mostly because his kingdom doesn't have a lot of military strength um, at the moment. He's kind of kind of a self-made man monarch. He has risen to power. Um, by his own wit, guile, and silver tongue, um, people also think that he kind of was a shady blood, or kind of a blood-filled past um, within his own within his courts throughout his other nobles. But he is kind of a friendly, cordial man with um, a high regard for honoring proper hospitality. So, hospitality. Hosp- Hospitality, I can say that. I promise. <laughs> um, he is also a very powerful wizard. He is considered right now the High Wizard of the Roman Guard uh, and is also the leader of Imbla's Magical Scholars. So she, he, this king is training all the wizards for the Roman Guard, which is kind of the ruling body right now, if I can understand that right. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and also uh, kind of lends his uh, voice over to High Queen Imbla. Um, The next one would be Central Selene, kind of one of the powerful House of Shen. She is a very capable and competent leader. She serves to facilitate communication and cooperation. So she kind of acts as the middleman through all the other uh, noble noble houses in Haven. Um, But she's also feared fiercely because she's known to be, um, works for King Vol's group called the Vol's Elite guard spies and other agents acting on his behalf so she controls the political underscape and kind of the under under criminal world uh, within uh, haven to get their information through everything That's weird. Uh, and then the other most powerful one right now is the ritual spellcaster lord talendar who uh was personally for kind of uniting the zellicu houses uh and leading them to the surface so he led the Zelacuus out, um, so he is their king in a sense, but he is not the king. Um, all Zelacuus kind of look towards him. Uh, he is also a ward wizard. Um, he is, which means he's very powerful. Uh, does a lot of damage caster instead of like the kind of study, stereotypical wizard from like D and D has to have all of his books. Yeah, he focuses more on damage dealing. So, he's, he is a very scary man to come up against in, in battle. Yeah. Um, theirs is kind of a... Let's see, what other history can well, we... What was his name again? The uh, Lord Talandar okay. is the war wizard. Um, and he is the one who united the Zelikus. United all the... Because they were very dysfunctional before they came to the surface. Hmm. Uh, they still are... Kind of seen and frowned upon, and a little racist. <laughs> not the, most people do not look kindly on Zellicues. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll do. Where is our
2: competitive mercenary town located?
3: Uh, the competitive
2: Myzentius. Are they, so what do they call again? To the. Uh,
3: it is. Oh, I'm totally spacing out right now. I know.
2: I don't remember what they're called either. Shoot. Uh... But they're in Myzentius. Maybe, maybe someone in chat can remember what they're Crow. called. Crow, know. I'm sure you do. Yeah, he'll remember. Somebody will, so.
3: <laughs> um, or it's in my notes here, I'm sure. Could be, could be. Um, um, the, ma- the other adventuring town from Myzentius.
0: Because
3: that's the other town that we're going over there. The other mercenary town down there.
2: Yeah, we we deal with them
3: occasionally. Um, there was some tensions recently. With uh, no, not the Starfall Initiative. I thought there was. What's the other main adventuring town that we deal with? Yeah, well, where are they located? Are they in Mazentius? Are they somewhere else?
2: Is there an adventuring town? Lamora and Ebris Yeah, Lamora. That's what it is. Oh, Sorry. Yeah, and
3: Ebron, Okay. For some reason, I thought it was down there, but yeah, they are—they um, are kind of the main uh, mercenary people throughout the uh, kingdoms of Taroth. People will go to Myzentius to hire mercenary groups because they oh, okay. are very fierce uh, people there. The, um, the The mercenary skill kind of also kind of helps in the political uh, faction of them. Um, so, regardless, um, if you're from Aizentius, then the people of Taroth expected you to be, kind of, they're expected to be mercenaries. People throughout the other kingdoms of Taroth, if you said, oh, I'm from Aizentius, their first words are probably going to be, oh, so which mercenary uh, group are you a part of? Because that's just kind of what their history has been. Um, theirs is also kind of very like uh, like Acheron, where you can become a nobility and in power very easily. Mm -hmm. Um, People will do competitions of stealth, strength, cunning, strategy, and these tournaments are very popular, and these uh, displays of prowess have often been the way of giving um, contracts, which for them, mercenary contracts are very powerful. Mm -hmm. Uh, They would duel... Champions would also duel one another as well, so they... um, they do that. It's, so it's very interesting for them kind of a instead of focusing more on merchanting, they focus on mercenaries. Um, also, anyone can be challenged uh, on their half, So, but if they refuse a challenge, that's very looked down upon that to refuse a comp, challenge by combat. Hmm. Um, so, if, like, let's say, you, you can do challenge for combat by anything, whether that's for marriage, property, title, wealth. They, duels for them are a common occurrence. Wow. So, they do, um, they, they can also, like, the person that's being challenged can um, step back from it, but they can also uh, have a champion fight on their behalf, yeah. basically.
2: I think back in October we actually fought some Myzantian mercenaries um, because they and they were one of the higher groups. And I know like something like the king, the the contract for the king's protection is coming up. So a lot of the mercs or a lot of the mercenaries are trying to vie for that. Yeah, they're trying to vie for it, and that's why they were where we were. And so, instead of vying for it, they ended up dying. <laughs> no, I, I they mean, went up against us. But.
3: Yeah, they they didn't want to tell. I think that was actually when we were doing the stuff with um, Albie and May's apprentices. Because there was a Byzantine group that we were hunting down. Uh, so I think that was
2: them. Yeah, where they kidnapped them. Yeah. And um, they wouldn't tell us where they took them. Yep. Yep, um, that was them.
3: Yep, and I remember because I killed the other one when we found him again. Because yep. I told him to leave and they killed them instead of leaving. Yep. Yep. Yeah,
2: well, yeah. So we've dealt with Mysztian just recently, not only a few months ago. So. Plus,
3: we've got a few notable people from our town who's from Myzentius. Oh yeah. uh, that's, uh Not so well, but, uh... I'm forgetting her name. You know who I'm talking about. Always right. in black leather, kind of that swashbuckler. Leads uh, the Corvid Expedition. My character doesn't deal with her a whole lot. Oh my gosh!
2: Now that you say it, now I'm drawing it's, a blink. It's
3: it's Kat's character.
2: Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about, and I just drew a blank now too because you said that. Like I know who it is, but uh, Sitka.
3: Sitka, yeah, Sitka yeah. Andromeda is uh, the most popular one right now. Oh, okay. Uh, no one really knows a lot about the other uh, ruling families, um, so their their political lead is kind of a weird one. Not a lot, not a lot of people know about their landscape. Hmm.
0: Um,
3: So their main one right now uh, is the Creon royal family over almost a millennia ago. uh, The main one that kind of started that was Asheron Delirion, um, was a previous ruler, uh, but was discovered to be a a shape-shifting creature as a Forsaken. So uh, basically a Forsaken, uh, an undead was ruling the... The political landscapes, mm. which is not very good. No, I've seen the rest of that. I thought I had the other. My, my Is that my Zentius one? That is not. No, oh, wait, it is. Okay, there's the rest of my Zentius ones. Um, so they're kind of they're popular people right now. Um, they've got King Satana Akita. Uh, he was a formal gen- general of the Byzantine armies. He's also the shortest ruling one uh, right now because he hasn't been very long in power. Uh, but he, died, uh, he acquired the crown by defeating the former champion, um, former King Creon's champion, in duel. So he, based, he won the crown by saying, hey, I want that. I'm challenging you to a duel. Wow. Um, uh, and then he also got... He also still is kind of in control of the armies and territories. Uh, the High Council is the next kind of... They're also very similar to the other councils. They advise the king. Uh, they kind of also help run everything else that the king cannot cover himself. Uh, the next one kind of... So it kind of uh, for them, it goes the, uh, the king, uh, this champion Karn, which I'll discuss, and then the High Council. So Champion Karn is not a set per... Each person is a different Champion Karn. It's a title. So like Squire mm-hmm. or um, Prinus or Secondus. Those mm-hmm. are titles, but they still have their own names, but they just go by that title. Mm-hmm. So um, the Champion kind of also rules... Um, it is the Champion to defend the King's um, honor. So the, if the King gets challenged, that Champion has to fight for the King. To uphold the king's honor. Um, So, and usually that position is for life until you die. So, champion cards go through previous. uh, The most current champion right now uh, is a halfling, Krovax Boon. um, But he's also the only halfling to have held that title. Because halflings are not very tall and powerful people usually. um, Which is... Also fun because he didn't actually win his in a duel. He didn't become the new champion card in a duel. Um, he achieved his p- particular position through uh, political upbring, political moverings and uh, impressive rise from the mercenary guild. So he basically kind of bought his way in by helping the mercenaries. Oh, yeah. So he, he is the weirdest one. Uh, he's not known to fight. Um, he's known more for kind of doing... Undermining and politi- uh, kind of the mental game for him uh, then there is the uh, Lord general uh, General Sholrazia is the kind of the main the general now uh, taking over uh, for King Satana he also um, he a part that he's kind of a very angry man, so pissing him off is not a very wise idea because <laughs> he is very very short- tempered um, he also believes still that the, he's also very hesitant as well. He believes that the uh, the king should still sh- should see over the the armies instead of him. Mm-hmm. Then there is Ambassador Gillian Glozin. He is kind of the intelligence networks, manages the spies, uh, and also any foreign affairs. So any Myzentians off in another country who are trying to, Potentially start a war that he's kind of in charge of them.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Kind of helps rule them, and then there's the Captain Ilya lauren in charge of the King's Guard. She also kind of helps run things, but she runs the local city guard and helps with. Um, not a lot is known about her. She's kind of a newer person, so not not everyone has had a chance to interact with her, see how she acts. Mm. Um, let's go to another friend. We've got too many places.
2: Yeah, I didn't realize there were so many kingdoms on this Yeah, country. there
3: is about 13 or so different individual kingdoms. Uh, the one kingdom, though, that we'll not be covering because not a lot is known about uh, this particular kingdom is the kingdom of Dragonheld, uh, which is very far up to the north. Um, they don't. A lot of people don't know about them because it's a very frigid place and not everyone wants to go there for whatever reasons why. Uh, but supposedly, that's where the dragons sleep and where their holds are with, with, in the name. Uh, the only, pr- a lot of the tavern keeps go up there, um, otherwise not everyone knows what goes on up there. Yeah, we've gone there a few times and we've yeah. encountered traps and very, very strong
2: monsters, so it's, yeah. it's, it's not hospitable at not all. A, not a happy place. Yeah,
3: it's yeah, Somehow Banner always minds a way to get up there and not die. Yeah. Well, Banner's pretty baffled, so... Someday he'll be a dragon. Yes. Well, actually he was, but he was a little, like, stuck man. Yeah, I heard was, that one. <laughs> very, very funny. Um, let's see. We'll do kind of the other part of um, the Elven Kingdoms. Uh, the Ethelin Isles. Um, they are the other second home for the Elf people through Taroth. Um, and a lot of the Elven Spire, Elven Spire was sunk... Um, and so a majority of it is known as the Kingdom of the Edlin Isles. Um, only the middle and upper floors remain right now. The rest of the land is being submerged by a very uh, powerful tidal wave from uh, Typhon. Uh, the Ethan is kind of another kingdom of Veld, some of whom were already present in Troth. some who migrated. Um, they're kind of also s- uh, slowly realizing Uh, their counterparts um, from the oven Spire, that they need to rely on the other kingdoms. They can't just stay isolated in their own little world, otherwise they will just get crushed and become obsolete. Um, But they've never really also considered themselves a part of the Empire of Taroth. Um, But they still like to gather knowledge and go and ask for help when they need to. Um, they are also mostly focusing on magics, so a lot of their, um, a lot of them are magic users of some form. Uh, they they also very they have, um, their views on necromancy as well. Um, they have a view that it's also a dangerous tool, but it shouldn't be abused. So they do very similar to their counterparts. Yeah. In, uh, they think that it can be helpful, but they just need to be very cautious about yeah. how they use it. Um. Well, there are no real official rules on it. Um, anyone not using safeguards can be heavily fined. So you can still cast it in there, you just have to make sure that you are taking your right precautions when you are trying to cast it. Um, but it has kind of um, heightened since the fall because prior to the attack they had a lot of resources um, using Necromancy and then uh, just kind of got spread all the fall with Making it mostly illegal, so it's kind of a crazy place for their for their magics. Hmm. Um, what other main things about them? Um, again, their ruling family is also the Gilbreths so that's probably where you're hearing mm-hmm. more about. Them. Yeah, that could be it. Um, so the that, that's yeah, they the only one that's not a Gilbert that's in power is the general uh, Vorhil Celestion, who recently fought with us during the killing of the Crippled Pale, or not the Crippled Pale one. Um, the Lich. The Lich. Um, so Grand uh, General oh, Vorhill Celestion is... Last summer? Yeah. Okay. So he, he, he was in that fight because someone reached out to him. I remember hearing that name, Vorhill Celestion. Okay. So he is the Grand Marshal of Rome. Um, he is one of the, considered the oldest elves uh, in existence, um, he has been pretty much involved in every uh, military conflict in all of Taroth's history. So he's somewhere around 2,000-plus years old. Wow. So he's a very, very old and very extensive person. Um, was during the Dark... His most recent ones, uh, the, the battle last summer with the Lich, Tal, Sigour, Tal Sigour, uh, really The actually. Dark War in the Roth, the Forsaken War, Typhon's Invasion. Um, he is considered one of the most skilled tacticians in all of Taroth. He has seen. He has trained pretty much any of the best warriors, kings uh, that have been in Taroth. So, if you're uh, royalty and you can get up there, he is the person to go to. Uh, he's trained King the high, the previous High King Arador Kardarel, and King Charles Rezik Falion the, the Red, uh, previous King of Ibris before he got exiled. <laughs> for his uses of abyssal magics. Oh, boy. Which we still think Queen Fowling is involved with abyssal magics as well, like her brother. Wow. But not confirmed. Yeah, no all, all, all rumors. Yeah, um, no proof. The, the ruling king right now is King Robius Gilbereth. Um, he's considered very wise. He's, um, though in his youth he kind of was a skilled warrior, he tries not to involve his people in conflicts. Uh Kind of like the, the Elven King from the Hobbit series where he, he's just gonna stay back. He's like, hey, it in doesn't involve elves. I'm not gonna get involved if I don't need to. Um, he's ruled for centuries. He really hasn't been seen since the uh, Typhon's first invasion when the, uh, he's kind of still up in the, the spire, uh, the very top spire of Ethlyn. So no one really knows where he is, Mm. Uh, then there is the Crown Prince Valinoth Gilbereth, uh, kind of the oldest child, the next to inherit the throne. Um, he likes to kind of spend his time as more of an instructor at the, the battle school that I was talking about when I was going over the Ethlen spires. So he trains all these warriors. Um, a lot of people kind of think he's a relaxed person, doesn't take his title very seriously, but not also question that he is suitable to rule. So they think that he should be just a little bit more serious, but he's not very... He is also kind of laid back in the, at the same time. Um, he still refuses to take over the kingdom, because no one can right now assure that the king is dead, and he doesn't want to take over until he knows that he's yeah, dead. Yeah, nobody
2: knows if the king's alive or dead, and they're trying to pressure him, it sounds yeah. like. Yeah,
3: he's, trying to, he's like, hey, I will take over as soon as I know that my dad is dead. As soon as he is, cool, I'll take over. Um, then there is the Lady Calisthen Gilbereth. Um, she's kind of also, again, the other p- public face, so it is kind of interesting that both the, um, both elven kingdoms, they have a female who is their public liaison. Um, uh, she has also fully taken her political, uh, unlike her brother Balanoth Um, and she is also very open-minded, um, at least throughout all of the Gilbreth families, uh, she's considered the most open-minded out of all of them. Uh, then there is Baron Theron Gilbreth, the youngest child. So most of them have three kids, which is for a fam for a little family, not that crazy. Yeah. Um, he is also again inex- inexperienced. So these the younger children are always kind of seeming like they are just not very experienced, not really ready for the throne. Um, He's also very old thinking as well. So both families are very old in their thinkings. Uh, the youngest children are more aligning themselves with the elders and the elitists, where they think, "Oh, we should only just involve with elves. We shouldn't uh, deal with outsiders. Mm. Get involved." So it is kind of an interesting split, yeah, between everyone. Uh, not really sure why the two king, two elven kingdoms are like that, but. Elves, oh, like I said, they're just very picky like that to begin with. Yeah. Um, I think that is actually everyone. Um, oh, we didn't do Chindius. That's, yeah. that's one. Chindius. Uh, Chindians, um, they're also kind of a desert country as well. Um, they're kind of the. Uh, uh, kind of a, well, oh, um, oh, what is the best way to describe them? Um, kind of the Asian country, so a little bit. Um, kind of like Kalian uh, from Laroth. Kind of a, yeah, very set into traditions. Um, they've got a long rainy season, so for mud, for the they've got mostly r- rice as their main produce. Um, so for them, uh, the Predia family is the main ruling body right now. Uh, they've ruled as long as the nations existed. So no one wow. no one outside of the Predia family has even been in some major political power. Uh, they were also another uh, colony for, for the elves. Uh, so a lot of the elven kingdoms split off from them because they wanted their own independence and the elven spiral does not really like that. Yeah. Uh, the... So... I think that I get my papers mixed up? I think I did. Oh, no, papers. is. Don't mind me with my notes. Um, they've also got a... Uh, they don't also really have a king uh, right now. Uh, they've also got kind of a smaller little council. They've got the ambassador, the general, and the scholar who kind of all meet, and they kind of rule right now.
0: Um,
3: so it's all, they're still all Predias, though, but no one outside of the Predia family has been involved. So the main one right now is Princess Maria Predia. She's the ambassador. She's the uh, second child um, of all of them. She likes to be uh, very wise, very thoughtful. Uh, she tries to act as the uh, politi- kind of the diplomat for the country, obviously. Uh, then there's Hector Predia. He is the oldest child. He likes to do war games and weapons. So that's why he's always been considered as the general, mm-hmm. um, the sovereign general. Um, he's usually um, though the the armies are usually occupied though uh, with doing civic building projects instead of um, out, out for war or defending the kingdom. Uh, they're known to just kind of hire uh, adventuring parties to help them out for his own personal armory. Uh, He's married to Yasmin of the Creon noble family, Myzentius. So they kind of have, Chinius and Myzentius are kind of interconnected in yeah. that sense because of political marriages. <coughs> um, and then there's Prince Eben Predia, uh, the only son of the actual queen. So the, the other two are related, but they're half siblings. Mm. So it's from Oswald, King, pre, 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 previous King Oswald. Um, what was the other one? Uh, fun fact, Maria Preti has also been assassinated once, too. So they, because they were not very viewed, happy, viewed upon as well. Wow. Um, they have also kind of become upfront because uh, during the Red Hour, the political coup in Ibris, um, a group of chindius uh, black knights, kind of under Maria Predi's guidance, helped with that political assassination. Uh, she's also been killed herself, too. Um, but yeah, so he's kind of more study, um, um, there, Prince Evan's more on studying, uh, his knowledge, kind of learning more as much as he can. Uh, also helps, uh, dis- uh smooth the, uh, diplomatic kickups between them and the Ethel Spire, because you know, they still want them to come back into the fold while well, they are like, no, we want our own, we want our own distance, please, no. Um, they're also kind of the gypsy country of the world. Uh, a lot of gypsies come out there for their musics. Um, legend has it that the late queen once offered uh, parts of the forest of Chindius. Uh, Hector announced that he wanted to make war machines out of his part of the forest. Maria uh, announced that she would leave hers alone. So she's kind of known as the wise one because she is being smart and not just destroying uh, the, the trees for either the war machines or for a library, uh, like the other two brothers. Um, theirs is, uh, their largest racial group is mostly human, uh, but they've also got troglodytes, which are kind of weird lizard people yeah. who secrete poisons from their uh, skin. They've also got some orcs and elves. Uh, so they've got kind of a, um, they've, they've got, they're pretty free to roam around and intermingle throughout the societies. Um, the only place that they're not allowed to is kind of a fae glen, or fae glade that's in the middle of the city as well. Uh, but their lumber is kind of one of the more sought out things that a lot of people go to Chendias for as well. Uh, Criminals have been resigned to lumber camps for chopping wood rather than running in jail. Lumber camps are miserable, so it is a punishment to work in their into a Chindy's lumber camp mm. um, because they both serve money for jail and thieves and other elements. People will try to steal their wood because it is one of the more best quality wood that you can get in the kingdoms. Um, other than that, that's all the major kingdoms that I can kind of go over uh, basic history. Like I said, most of this can also be found on the World Library. So yeah, World Library, yep. The World Library at mythicrealms.com. Another shameless plug, not going to worry. <laughs> um, any other kind of questions that you have about the kingdoms that I can try to answer for you?
2: I can't really think of any right now. Anybody in chat have any questions about the kingdoms or anything like that?
3: And or We do kind of have some of the uh, people who have been uh, in the game itself, so they have also been playing much longer than I have, so my knowledge is very basic, but it's enough that, for anyone who is interested, enough that it can get you uh, kind of a generalized understanding as well for the Kingdoms. Um, real quick before we continue on to the classes, I have a question for
2: you. Yes. Um, and I ask, I ask all my guests this one. Um, what does LARP
3: mean to you? Like. Um, for me, what LARP means to me is uh, I've always enjoyed acting and role-playing. You know, I've been in theater. i worked in haunted houses. Uh, but this particular LARP community, what it means to me, has been uh, almost kind of like a second family. It allows me to a little bit more expressive, not to really care. I can immerse myself in this world and for a short while just kind of forget my troubles. So it is kind of an escape, and for a lot of us it is. It's mm-hmm. just allows you to kind of escape and just kind of enjoy yourself and have fun when you get to pop yourself and your friends. <laughs> yeah, pop yourself. Uh. I mean, sometimes you do. Sometimes you get yeah. Uh So that's what it kind of means to me, is an escape and a um, just to, to have fun and hang out with my friends. Because I've made plenty of new friends in this group, so... That's what I like about it, and what I kind of have taken away from it. Nice. We
2: hear that word a lot when we do those, as family. We hear that a lot, second family a lot, so.
3: But Um, it's, you know, when you spend multiple, like, four or five weekends just camping and hanging out, you kind of have to trust and get along and play with these people, otherwise you wouldn't be there in the first place. Yep,
2: that's very true. So... um, Jack, Jack Traits, hey! Woo! What's up, Jack Traits? I haven't seen you for a while, buddy. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome, three months. you gotta do subscription dance. I gotta do subscription dance. Yeah. Gotta do three months in a row. Nice job. How you doing, Jack Traits? Um, hey, how come that's not showing up? I don't know. Hey, buddy, long time. Is that what it says? Yeah.
1: Okay. Let me pull this
2: one up. Long time. Yeah, a long time. Well, and we did take like a month and a half break, so um, we weren't doing anything. But welcome back, How, um I know you had like a, a work injury or something. How's that going?
3: Hopefully you feel better. That's not fun. Yeah. So. There's
2: your, oh. My menpo. Your menpo. Because
3: so. this character is very much a ronin. There
2: it goes. That took
3: forever to show up.
2: I know. I wonder why there's such a delay on that. Who knows? I was leaving the other one up. Can you see that? Yeah, we're still fine, so that works. Let's see. It's going okay. Probably have two years until I'm fully healed. And now the other one's not working. What the heck? Oh, that sucks. That's not fun. I'm sorry. Yeah. So. That's how injuries go, man, sometimes, though. Sometimes they're quick, sometimes they're easy. same thing with my wrist, man. <laughs> Sim- I thought it was a simple injury, but it might
3: affect me for the rest of my life, so... No, I'm, I'm like that with my, my foot. I, I can't stand on it too long because of a prior injury that I've had myself. Of course. to make sure that everyone feels better. Yeah,
2: man. Well, I just, I'm just glad I remembered and I got all the details right on that, so there's a few people, but I appreciate you being here, though, too, Jack Trade. so... Uh, we just went over all the kingdoms in Taroth, and uh, now we're going to go over a few of the classes, some of the different yeah. skills, and we're going to go over the codes in them, yes. so, um, real quick, uh, let's take a real quick, uh, break, I gotta use the restroom, this mountain dude, this, uh, monster's going straight through me, so, <laughs> we will be
1: back, can you, we're at Ascendance Gaming Center, Uh, So it's kind of a lounge gaming center, you can do VR, do PC gaming, general hangout spot. We have some board games, we have some um, retro consoles that you can play as well. What we're trying to do here is we're trying to bring back the feel of 80s arcades. You know everyone would meet at the arcade and they'd have a good time and that would be like the hangout spot. All the equipment's provided, we have uh, top of the line PCs. You can uh, log into your own services via Steam or Origin, you play any of those. Download your own games and play them on our computers and uh, you're good to go and we have a selection of VR games, uh, about 600 or something games available. Every Monday we have a Smash tournament, Super Smash Brothers Melee, and then once a month they do a, a, a monthly tournament. Uh, we're also hosting a CSGO tournament now and we're doing a Hearthstone tournament and a Beat Saber tournament
0: listen to the larp lounge live on sundays at 12 p.m mountain standard time at twitch.tv slash
1: error star that's twitch.tv slash a r r u s t a r
2: all right everybody welcome we're back. back i'm gonna say real quick it's not very easy to pee in this armor <laughs> and that's why
3: i'm glad i got light leather <laughs> <laughs> and the tuning so i don't have to
2: worry about that big, big one yeah so yeah armor's uh, definitely something to deal with i don't know how they dealt with it back in the day man they
3: just were men and held it or they just just let it happen yeah just let
2: it happen that's probably it they just let it happen but i know that when i have to go to the bathroom i usually take my armor off because it's difficult but
3: anyway yeah i That's why I'm glad I've got this very light tunic that has kind of an opening near the crotch so I can just kind of lift them off to the side and I'm just easy in that. Yeah. we
2: have got more friends. Anyway. Oh, do we have a new subscription?
3: Well, not new any subscriptions, but we've got more friends watching. Yep. It's not
1: normal.
2: Uh, all right, so let's get into classes. Let's go over your class first, though. You're the Black Knight. Yes. So, I am. do the Black Knights have a code like the White Knight? That
0: they yeah. Have so follow? they
3: they are very similar. They um, they both people have uh, uh, kind of thought that the code has split off from an original one because and I'll be going over both codes um, and the measures for each. They're very similar, but very different at the same time mm-hmm. so white knights um, are considered more as a shield um, rather than the black knights who are, which are considered more as like a sword uh so they the black the a black knight would rather go and kill something and just get rid of the problem rather than letting that thing potentially have a chance to repent mm-hmm. uh and make up for its actions um they are very kind of like they're very similar. Um, like they would be considered as lawful evil uh, or a chaotic good, rather than the white Knight, which is considered as kind yeah. of a lawful, lawful good. good. for sure. They yeah. will do what needs to be done uh, with, while not really caring for um, what other people might think of him. Uh, pe- people usually do kind of have a negative connotation of Black Knights because. Black Knights, um, originally before they've changed in recent years, got their powers from demons. Yeah. Which, in recent years, that has not been the case. They're more necromantic and their own inner vengeance yeah. for things. But they still do get a lot of crap because they cast necromancy and that's still frowned upon by yeah. most people. But they would rather use the certain powers that they have to just kill, the, kill their enemies and those who deserve vengeance.
2: I remember recently there was some uh, some controversy around you because your training deemed that you had to use necromancy, yep. but we weren't sure where we were going was allowing it.
3: There yeah. was a big old argument it was, about it. It was not fun. We had to go further deep, actually above ground, into the other country where we could acquire the title and everything to for me to do my training. So my character has had a lot of uh, kind of that controversy around uh-huh. him because of... The path that he follows, yeah, because of just his upbringing. He's a, from even Children are kind of expected at some point to try to be a Black Knight uh, if they can.
2: Yeah, like that's like a perfect kind of example of how like how role playing works. Like I was totally against it, and me and him got a little heated. But here we are, right now, yeah. having it's, completely it's relaxed the Characters, characters can, Exactly,
3: characters can have the it's, controversy. It's, but That's one hundred percent the character, and it makes it just for more interesting instead yeah. of like everyone has that like the indie party it's like Mm -hmm. everyone has that character in their party who does kind of the off brand things that no one wants to have happen but the players don't really care because it just makes fun for good story yeah
2: so that's like a perfect example of what good role play
3: should be yeah, so. it's being able to just know that there is a difference between the characters and the mm-hmm, players. For sure. Hate the hate the character, don't hate the player. <laughs> exactly. Um, exactly. So yeah, so Black Knights uh, are also different from their White Knight counterparts in the sense that they actually have organizations. So White Knights will work with each other, but they don't serve a lord. They don't serve a group. They kind of are a loose coalition while Black Knights have orders, they have hierarchies that they have to work through. Um, they have to pledge their loyalties to their, co- to their groups, and they basically will stay with that group till they die. Uh. Um, they are kind of those vengeance seekers for most groups. It depends on what group you join and what parts of the dedication that they focus upon. I didn't write that down because going through that whole thing is very long, very tedious. They
2: are definitely vengeance seekers though. I remember there
3: was a, a lot of them are, yes. I missed. And
2: because a black knight took offense to something that was said, he had to no no. He wanted to avenge the death of his brother that apparently our town had caused. I
3: had fun time with that because um <laughs> so yeah, so that was a fun time with that particular black knight because I ended up having to duel that black knight. I right, remember that. Uh, because Crow, if you're still watching this, decided to say that I was a black knight. Um, and then he got mad at me because of my beliefs, because I'm not supposed to back down from what I know is right. So I couldn't speak a falsehood, and I didn't want to have to take that back. So then that was a whole fiasco with him. Yeah, they usually will um, seek out vengeance. and one, they, Like I said, they, they will do what needs to be done in yeah. a situation. Yeah. Rather than, like, oh, hey, we've got this necromancer here, we know he's bad... You know there's not a lot of good any chances for him to change we might as well just kill him so we can't do this again while the white knight would say no let's give him a chance yeah. um, he deserves this mercy yeah. that we should give him because he is a living sentient thing yeah. Um, but yeah they are the codes are very similar and we'll go over them here just so that you can kind of um, get that idea see that different see the similarities and differences at the same time uh, so, there the Black Knight Code says, Thou shalt avenge the wrong, thou shalt serve the Lord to which thou hast sworn fealty, thou shalt accept no honour to be suffered without response, uh, thou shalt never recoil before thine enemy, thou shalt never speak no falsehoods, thou shalt always be faithful to your oaths, thou shalt scrupulously perform thy noble duties, and thou shalt always be the champion of justice and honor against corruption and weakness. Uh, the opposite for the White Knights, so you can see kind of the contrast, Uh, they've got a very similar one where they say thou shalt respect the weak and constitute thyself the defender of them. So, a Black Knight won't necessarily... They'll still help out the weak, but they will not mollycoddle them. They would rather give them the power to do it themselves at some point rather than um, let them do it themselves. Rather than, oh, here, let me hold your hand. Mm -hmm. Do it with you. They also do um, Thou shall love the land to which Thou hast sworn fealty to, so they would rather serve the country that they're in rather than a specific lord of their group. So my character he's he is more dedicated to his lord of his knight order rather than the kingdom that he serves in. Um, they also do uh they also do be the champion and always shall be everywhere and be the champion of right and good against injustice and evil. So I would rather seek out and destroy corruption rather than just destroying in general evils. Mm -hmm. Rather that corruption is considered as a good person or a bad person. Um, Their measure is... The Black Knight measures goes... A knight is sworn to honor. His heart knows only justice. His blade destroys corruption. His might upholds his lord. His words speak no falsehoods. And his wrath undoes the weak. While the White Knight goes... A knight is sworn to valor. His heart knows only virtue... His blade defends the helpless, his might upholds the weak, his words speak only truth, and his wrath undoes the wicked. So, you can see those very different ideals, but very similar concepts at the same time. Yeah. Where his own wrath, like, does the weak versus the wicked. Wicked can be considered as anything. Wicked can be, you know, just like, oh, you think of your classic necromancers, or evildoers, while the wicked, while the weak could be considered as anything. It doesn't matter whether that person is considered as a prince as long as they're um, corruption. And the other one, his words speak no falsehoods versus his words speak only truths. So the Black Knight does not have to necessarily tell you the truth, he just doesn't have to disclose anything that is wrong. So if you or your character came up and asked me what happened to my ear, I can just say it got cut off. I don't have to explain Mm -hmm. how it got cut off. Um, I could not cover myself up with that. And they also don't have to... A Black Knight doesn't necessarily have to follow the laws of the land. They have to follow the laws of their lord and what their lord tells them. So if my lord just told me, Hey, while you're with this adventuring town, follow their laws, I would. Otherwise, if he just says don't do it and don't get caught, I would. <laughs> is basically what I would have to do. Yeah. Um, so they, yeah, So and they are kind of the switch between things. People usually see them as these, like, uh, kind of these big, kind of uh, the best uh, way to uh, relate what a Black Knight is uh, for those who don't know and who don't play. Uh, Black Knights are like the Oath of Conquest paladin. Yeah, they are. They, they can be because, um, you are right there, Boji. Uh, because a black knight doesn't have, um, they aren't really restricted by morals. Mm-hmm. They, because a white knight will, uh, the best example right now to give, uh, love the player, uh, but Knight Tibregus, who is a white knight, he, we were in a situation where we were dealing with these goblins who were, very powerful necromancers killing innocents um, but they, and they were fully sentient. We had decided that they were sentient, they were talking to us, they were casting these known illegal rituals, and the white knight, instead of us just letting um, like we could have ended that like that whole little side campaign much quicker because at the time we could have just dropped it on them at that moment, but because the white knight decided to go and tell the goblins because he believed. Since they were sentient, they deserved the chance to defend themselves. And again, more people were killed in, when we went back because we didn't kill them at that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would rather sacrifice themselves and, and help, like, make, willing to make deals with these evil powers to defend the rest of the group. When, like, uh, I get too many white knights that I know... Uh, have sacrificed themselves to demons to help save the rest of the party when we could have just easily taken that demon on and been just fine. So Black Knights, in that sense, will—they do not care. They are not a moral speed bump, so to say. Because, I like, guess the White Knights still does good and they still uphold the law, but they are very hoity-toity, kind of that lawful good— or kind of, as I like to say, lawful dumb sometimes. yeah. White knights do what's right, not necessarily what's popular. Yeah, they they kill non-goblin necromancers on the site, so I don't see... Yeah, that was a very, very strange situation when we were dealing with that. Um, He thought since they were goblins, they're like, oh, they deserve a chance because they're goblins. No, but I mean, we eventually did kill them anyways, and we made sure that the white knights didn't know because we knew they would try to defend the goblins because, oh, they're weak and they deserve a mercy rather than hey no we've been killing they've been killing people and Mm -hmm. they just need to die um so that that's kind of my take on it and why i my character really likes it and why i went for it because uh, it would be kind of fun just to play it for that one time a kind of that lawful good character but i've always enjoyed it's like i'd rather still do the good thing whether or not people like me for it
2: now, speaking of killing goblins on site, I know with kobolds there's a decree from the king that says kill them on site. Isn't there the same decree for goblins, or
3: am I any wrong? Cons- any mon- anything that is deemed as a monster and not a cyclic creature, they are supposed to be killed on site. So in when he was right, um, we should have killed them at that moment. So
2: technically, he circumvented
3: the law by giving them a we, warning. He was saying, well, also in that instance as well, he... He, his excuse was he was saying, since it wasn't in it was in disputed territories, that it, uh. it, he was allowed to because he was saying, Oh, we're not, we don't know if we're exactly in uh, Falcon Crest territory or if we're in Acheron territories, so we don't know whether I should listen to the Falcon Crest laws, which I'm sworn to. Or go by Fal- or go by Akron. love. Okay. So that's why he did that what he did, because it was in kind of disputed territory. Mm-hmm. But he also put the rest of uh, the, the party, town yeah. in danger, which is what um, the black Knight wouldn't have done that. He's, he will defend his group and his honor and will do what he needs to to defend the rest of his group. So there's been instances where, yeah, I've gotten yelled at for using necromancy. But I have saved, my pers- saved the people that I'm sworn to by not letting them die by using the minor magics that he does, like making the enemies run away from him or making sure that the enemy can't move. Yeah. Uh, that, that's kind of why he, he knows that, yeah, he will get flacked on this path, but he knows that he is still doing justice in his own eyes any question?
2: No, I figure we should probably leave the moral debates aside. Yeah, moral you know, debates.
3: Yeah, a bit. Should, that's that's we've not gone too this. much into that already. So uh, but that's but that is kind of the best way to explain white and black knights is kind of their moral alignment. Yes. Yeah. So
2: uh, Boji says the idea of befriending goblins, feral, and kobolds as a whole is just weird to Boji. Yeah, give. I
3: never understand when the, uh, like the younger adventurers uh, try to make friends and whatnot by the like I can see like uh, can, like. Kind of confusing them in that moment, so we can kill them easier. But otherwise, I don't understand why some things do. Yeah. And I know there's a, like very minor exceptions to that rule, like Crystal, the uh, a crystal-made kobold, um, and other things who are like, actually genuinely help. But yeah, as a whole, they should just be killed. Yeah.
2: All right, so let's go into the skills, Some skills the levels, good. yeah. My do you have them on your page or do you uh, need to pull it up?
3: If you want to pull them up okay. just so I can make sure I get that accurately. I still know, the, for the most part, what's going on.
2: So it'll be in the Mythic Realms it'll
3: and then be it'll be under the... Rules, Book of Heroes. Book of Heroes. So go to that Rules tab on the far left. And, uh, I'm not sure if you lovelies can see this, but this is just for us. Talking they won't to, be able to. The offsites. Uh, then you click on that Book of, book of Heroes, that second tab. And, and then scroll down to Black Knight. The Black Knight, which is page. There we are. Boom.
2: So, yes. So let us know if anyone says anything because we can't. Or are you going to shrink it? Yeah.
3: yeah, just kind of slide that over. We don't need to see us. We're not that important. Yep. Uh, so, yes. <laughs>
2: So, we're going to go into some skills uh, with names and abilities that uh, we've gone over last season. Um, So, if you do have any questions, just go ahead and stop us, but for the most part, we're not going to delve too deep into these names uh, because we've kind of gone over what these do before, so...
3: Uh, so go ahead, level one. What is your first ability? at Level one as a black knight. So a level one black knight, uh, the first one that you can pick up, um, you don't have to. You can pick them up in any order, but the first one uh, that is on the list is you can cast your cause fears, scatter, and force obliterate you through your weapon. Uh, basically, uh, the roleplay version on that, um, I draw upon things inside of myself. And I can use those through my weapons to cause fear like let's say I'd be doing like a shout or something through uh, at my enemy or I just channel these magics into the blade of whatever I'm using. Um, And then I can just cast that through those weapons. So uh, it's channeling magics. There's other classes that can channel magics, but theirs is mostly causing their enemies to run from them. Causing the weaks to run. Uh, so that's what that first kind of one is, is because you you don't have scatter or force obliterate you till later on uh, at third level, which we'll cover as well. So right now he's just using his, I use my, I use my blades to cause the enemy to run and make it easier for me to. I know I am a legal Oh no, <laughs> it's not like I've already had my slap on the wrist before. Oh yeah, he's had slap on the wrist quite a few times. So, um, so he does that mostly in the instances where like if I know that uh, the creature that I'm fighting doesn't have any defenses against it, but it's still a little powerful, like for some of the, and I'm with other kind of weaker creatures, I can make it afraid of me, and then I can stand between them, between the creature and my uh, party members, so that way they can't, um, it makes it easier for them, for the, like if it's a caster or an archer, to deal with it while I just kind of keep that creature at bay.
2: Now that one is, it is important to note that that is through melee weapons only. Yes, I case. cannot
3: use my arrows to shoot at them from a distance. I do have to use my, uh, a sword or a dagger, some sort of, I have to physically swing it okay. at them. Uh, the next one is I gain mean, the immunity effects to fear and terror. So let's say something try to hit me with that fear, Uh, I still do have to run from the thing, because Fear and Terror, I have to run from the target, Mm -hmm. but I am not afraid of that target. It's like my own conviction of, okay, I have to be able to stand my ground against my enemies so I can't run and be afraid of my thing. Because if I'm afraid of my enemy, I'm running, and that's against the tenets of the Black Knight, or of the Code of the Nightwalker. Um, the next one is kind of add the Force keyword whenever you expend a feat of strength to use death blow. Um, so that one kind of coincides because when you think of like Black Knights and these Oath of Conquest Paladins, uh, which is the closest thing to relate to a Black Knight, um, there are these big things that just will decimate and cleave whatever thing is in their way as quickly as they can. Um, and having that Force keyword is really useful on a lot of things that are fortified because mm-hmm. some things have this thing where they can resist the death blow uh, and if they don't want to use more defenses or ritual uh, rituals that are cast upon them to not die it makes it much quicker for that creature to just die so you can paralyze the creature or make it so they are resistant to you know death blow and then I can just kill it much quicker than other things. Uh, The next one is kind of, it's game one of the following. Uh, It's either you can use Force spells when you're wearing heavy armor. So if I was wearing something like what Joby is wearing, I wouldn't be able to use my Force skills. Because normally you're not supposed to do that. But if I was going for that more fighter style of uh, Black Knight, then I could take that. The next one is the disease effect is removed automatically at the end of a short rest. Disease is a very nasty effect if you don't mm-hmm. cure it, because the, the major part of it is your health, your health is cut in half and it stacks, and it doesn't get removed until you get it purified, which sometimes we don't have people in the group who have purify potions or ways to remove a disease. And it's using other valuable resources to get rid of that. So it makes it easier for the healers and other members in the town to not have to waste that on me. It's basically your own inner conviction pushing out this poison. And then last one, when the Wraithblade spell is on a weapon you're wielding, I get to call Empowered, and its duration is increased to five minutes. Um, Wraithblade allows the wielder to swing for pass damage, so as, which allows, pass uh, bypasses armor ceilings. Um, Armor ceilings reduces the amount that you can, take hit so if i'm going up a, and it's mostly for humanoid things that aren't undead because mm-hmm. most of them have immunity to his past damage anyways but for like humanoid things like let's say for some reason boji decided or jovi here decided to go evil and he was having his armor ceilings i could effectively make it easier for me to do more damage to him without having to um just paralyze him or something else
2: Now, real quick, earlier what we were reading was the Path of the Nightwalker and Path of the Lightwalker. Interestingly enough, if you look at some of these skills, like the gain the immunity to roleplay effects of fear and terror, if he violates the code of the Nightwalker, he loses that ability. So it's not just a piece of paper that means nothing. It is. It it
3: helps uh, me following a lot of my skills I get from my own conviction of following that Mm -hmm. path. And actually, it is very—it's not very good for a character who follows the path of the Nightwalker or the path of the Lightwalker, because in both instances, if you violate that, yeah. it can take you months to get back into mm-hmm. that standing to be able to cast those abilities yep. again. Yeah.
2: So it's more than just empty words that you that you don't have to follow. They actually have
3: have had rules. That back up the role play aspect, which is actually I think kind of a cool effect. Yeah, so it, it is, and plot makes sure that they follow that. So if I ever mm-hmm. did, it would take me like a whole plot line just to get my abilities. Yeah, back. get yourself back in good standing. Yeah, so. it's not good. So he does his best to follow everything. Yeah. All right, if we can scroll down, so we can see level two, uh, because all of hero classes are divided into. Um, Two or three different three levels. levels. So you can multi-class into two different hero classes, uh, but you can either do three. You have to do three in one of them. So you can go three in one, and two in the other. Um, so the next one is an oath of enmity. Basically, oh, the top one. Oh no, you, yeah, no you're no, right. It is oath of enmity. I basically uh, make this pledge to an enemy. My love is like a truck berserker. It's his theme song. He sings, <laughs> "We're
2: out fighting." He sings it sometimes.
3: <laughs> That's beautiful. Uh, I don't know what Dorgas would be right now. Um, so I get—I uh, swear this oath to uh, a creature that I'm fighting—to basically destroy them, and it makes gives me more damage. I can uh, dodge any of their attacks by that foe. I um, mean, it has to be justified from tenants of the Path of the Nightwalker. And I can't end it early either until that thing is killed either. So I have to kill my enemy before I can leave that stance. Uh, But it's also a good stance to be in either as well. Uh, It is basically uh, when you kind of rile yourself up to kill your enemy is what is happening in that instance. He's kind of getting pumped up, he's wanting, and it helps him kill his enemy faster with his convictions uh, by stating, you are violating this law, this part of the code, what I follow, so that is why I'm killing you. And some of the other skills that happen, and the other one we'll uh, jump to down, it's for at the bottom of the list, but it also goes with this, I have to justify why I'm doing it. It's just not just raw power, he's, um, it's justifiable, why he's doing it, here's why he's going to kill you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one is called a circle of judgment now white knights also have there's a couple different people who have these circles white knights have a very similar one where they can force you while you're in this circle to tell the truth which for them that's their thing they want to know why like they want to get the truth out of you Mm -hmm. because people lie It, Mm -hmm. it happens uh this one is it is uh kind of a judgment um Basically, when I get a power myself, when I kill a sentient creep, has to, and, and that's the key word, is sentient. They have to know their actions. I can't just put random ferals and things who don't understand what's going on into this circle and kill them. They have to be knowledgeable. They have to understand me. Uh, they have to be able to understand why I am doing this to them. And then again, I make this, um, I go, reasons, again, be... Like, let's say it was a violation of the law. So if I know that they are breaking the law, like the earlier example with the, um, those goblin necromancers, I could have killed them and put them in my circle because I said, hey, necromancy is against the law in both of these kingdoms. You had no legal ways to do this. Therefore, I can kill you. Uh, they basically, it's a judge, jury, executioner kind of moment. Uh, and then it kind of bolsters himself, makes him a little bit more healthy um, but it's not necromantic. Like other similar things where it help makes the other person healthier by killing them, it is more of his own inner uh, knowledge that he has done the right thing by upholding the law. So those I have to justify. Uh, doesn't matter what. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one is I gain the ability to apply my damage ceiling to drain past, siphon, and cleanse. So earlier when I had that Wraith Blade in that first level, if I was against something else that had that, and I do a thing called the Hunker Down, which makes me a little bit tougher to hit, I can apply that so it makes it harder for my enemies to kill me. Now granted, there's things that still swing for crazy damage, but for normal things, it hmm. makes it very nice. That might be a reason to go Black
2: Knight right there, then I don't have to waste those uh,
3: yeah. armor slot on that. Slots, having other things to do that is just innate, it's just there which is nice because it's kind of again more of a um, conviction of I have to stand and defend my en- defend myself uh, and call these enemies of mine that deserve my vengeance and my anger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then last one in the level 2 is I gained you ability to cast an altered version of the Wraithblade spell um, and it's again similar the very thing so I just do this magic on there and it's, I get that ability to swing for pass, which is very similar to the other level, where I can potentially increase that limit. Uh, it just allows you to quickly, more easily kill your enemies, those who have armor, natural armor, that makes it reduce your attacks, so you can swing harder and kill them quicker. And that's kind of all the level 2 stuff. Let's go down to level 3.
2: Although I still don't think I'd ever go Black Knight just because of all the no, with Well,
1: it's not
3: full. It's enough that it's to where you have what you need to just kill your enemies quicker. The uh, the fear to make them run away from you. Yeah. The, it's more, they've got the... It's not actually super heavy. There's only really three necromantic things in that whole... In all of the Black Knight, it's the Obliterates... The slate, or the obliterates the fear, and the um, wraith blade. and the wraith blade. Those are the only three necromantic things that he. Now, granted, I've got other things that help me with that. Like I can make my enemy immobilized. Mm-hmm. I do that just because that's easier for me to. I he would do that because it's quicker for him to kill his enemy quick, um, in that situation. Uh, so the first one is uh, he gains an additional lore and martial traditions, politics, and etiquette, or three regimes, which for a knight, they need to know the yeah. law of the lands. They need to know uh, whether what army this creature would have been from, from his studies, how to act if he was in court. Uh, different regimes, um, knowing what, oh, this is a sigil from this court, um, makes him a little bit more knowledgeable, because a knight should be both a um, master of both war and knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one is once a battle, he can expend a Feet of Strength uh, to use the Drain Life spell through their things, which Drain Life allows the, um, reduces their t- uh, death count from five minutes to one minute. Uh, so it reduces it by a total of four minutes, which is for trying to kill a powerful enemy and making sure that they just straight out die is very, very handy. Yeah. Because So there have been things where they can rise up as soon as they die, uh, get done with their bleed count so being able to get them just straight out dead is much easier than letting them bleed. Um, the next one is an Oath of Vengeance and again another class one where if I violate this I cannot do that ability at all. Um, that I still can do the other abilities but anyone one that is noted that I can't, I have to follow the path, uh, if, I lo- if I lose that I can't do those class specific ones. Uh, so this one, I swear an no oath to another creature pledging to seek vengeance on their behalf, making me a little bit more healthier um, during that time until I do that vengeance. So it makes it easier for him um, to, and it's a little bit of also a roleplay thing as well, um, to where I can pledge to a creature, like let's say we happen to be on an event where you, uh, we are searching on someone who has done you wrong, I can make that pledge to you, like, hey, I will make sure that this thing dies before we leave tonight. And it would make it a little bit healthier for him to be for the rest of the night nice uh and then the last one kind of the big shebang uh if we can just scroll a little bit down because it's got a lot of text um i get to use an ex uh, uh, spend a use of my force skill to either do the necromantic force obliterate you force slay or a thing called the avenging shadow uh, force obliterate is just kind of like a force slay where i just outright kill the thing no matter what, mm-hmm. whether I want to. The Force would be the more common one because it's not necromantic, and if anyone was around, they'd just see me. Uh, the roleplay version uh, would basically, i just cut that thing in half. Um, the other thing, the Obliterate would be kind of a magical strike, uh, and they turn to goo.
1: Uh,
3: <laughs> scatter is uh, two forces, of, um, it's a force ability for cause fear. Uh, and as we remember from earlier, I can swing them through my blade. So instead of just the normal one where they can use a dodge on the uh, cause fear, they have to use a higher thing that can... Uh, side uh, sidesteps that have yeah. to be for a force ability, which is much harder for things to defend against. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it makes it easier for them to run away from me. And then last one is kind of this... Um, it's called the Avenging Shadow, where I... Kind of some of these uh, necromantic powers to make it easier. To, again, all of these abilities are for killing these things, are killing my enemy much easier. Uh, he gains a heroism, so I'm not affected by fears or terrors anymore, so I don't have to run, which is always nice. Um, shadow form, which I can regenerate and get healed by drains. Um, so if I've got a, a, a mystic caster who also does necromancy, he can also just heal me much quicker in that battle. He, um, I can regenerate so I can heal myself if I don't have a necromancer, and I can also do it in bleed, so it doesn't drop because most of these stances drop or uh, stop as soon as you done as soon as you bleed, get into your bleed count. But that one doesn't, so I can still do that, which is nice. Uh, death blow at will. Um, that one isn't forced, though, because I'm not using feats of strength. But I can still do those death blows. So if I get them immobilized or paralyzed or anything that allows them to be affected by the death blow skill, I can just drop them as soon as I can. Pass. We already talked about that earlier. Makes it easier to go through their armor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then terror, which is uh, anything that can see or hear the creature, um, is it's like a fear, they, um, but it's a mass area of effect fear. So instead of the Fear, which is a single target, it is everyone in that range that can see or hear me. So it makes it, again, easier for my enemies, but I have to be careful that my party isn't within ear or eyesight. Because if they see or hear me, then they're afraid of me as two. I think it's see and hear you. I think they have to it's do both. One or the other. It's, it's, they have to either see or hear you. Oh, okay. um, so if they can see you and they hear it, then it works. Or if they see you, but they just hear you, because um, you can't just hide behind a wall. You have to be out of shot to not be affected. Mm-hmm. So, and that is kind of all the abilities for a black knight. So it's all gathered on this idea of empowering himself view, through his convictions to kill his enemies quicker. Yeah. Uh, although for me, it is a little weird because my character is a rogue, so I've had to dip over into fighter level stuff because this black knight is definitely meant to be for a fighter class but i make it work so yeah right, now we need to go to white knight yeah we'll go over to white knight to get uh, to get the other side of things so you can kind of see uh the differences so white knights um are is the shield that which holds darkness at bay they are paragons of honor courage and loyalty acting as the tip of the spear in the war against the abyss White knights fight evil wherever it is found, calling upon an immense reserve of internal fortitude and strength to imbue themselves with dauntless radiance, sundering the foes of virtue. Uh, they are champions of the downtrodden and are sworn to follow a noble code which drives them towards honesty, mercy, and selflessness. White knights of legend are counted amongst the greatest heroes in, of historic lore, and white knights of the current age are trusted to, are trusted implicitly throughout Zoralia. So, white knights are more trusted in the public eyes Mm -hmm. uh, because they do. They fight for the downtrodden, they fight for the underdogs, where my character uh, wouldn't necessarily... He'll still help the weak, but he won't help them out. Yeah. Um, They are easier to kind of stand against the kind of like the opposite for a black knight. So, a lot of their things are just a necromancer in general. So, their first one, um, they also have to follow the path of the light walker. So, they still have to listen to their own codes as well. Um, and another note is they can't take White Knight if they're already a Black Knight. So I cannot multi-class into White Knight because it would be violating two different tenants at the same time. Yeah.
2: Well, one thing that's interesting, too, is, like, the Black Knight doesn't really have, like, a focused enemy. You're just kind of, like, you pick your enemy and then they yeah. go down. White Knights specifically are focused more towards demons. Yeah, they are, a lot they are they're more they're, demonic yeah, focus. Yeah, that's so that's... They're a lot more... Uh, stream, I guess, yeah, just focus, like you said, they're a lot more streamlined towards killing demons, whereas Black Knights are streamlined towards killing whatever, whatever they deem to be their enemy.
3: Yeah, so, so that's little that's little kind more... of the difference, is yeah. they don't have any set uh, targets for yeah. Black Knights. Yeah. Uh, and like I said earlier, uh, a, white, a White Knight is considered kind of the shield of justice, or they would rather protect and kind of wait, rather than the Black Knight, who's kind of the sword of vengeance they will actively seek out and destroy. So the first level, or the first thing that you can pick up in White Knight is you gain the ability, uh, when affected by an Obliterate you, to call Reduce and fall into your bleed rather than your death count. Because Obliterate and Slays are very similar to where it just drops you to your death count, which is much harder for uh, for you to get uh, brought back up. So as long as you can get healed um, in your bleed count, then you're fine. So that's kind of nicer for a White Knight. Um, they also gain the immunity to the fear and terror mechanics. Mm-hmm. Uh, they still have to do the running part, but they still don't, They still can stand in front of their enemy. Uh, they get one called... The, they get a use of the Stasis ability. Stasis allows them uh, to touch a creature that is in their death count and basically pauses it. So they are using kind of like their own... instead of killing the thing, they use their own internal conviction to keep the creatures alive. So, like, if they've got an enemy that they want to bring back up, but he was death blowed, they can just pause that so they, they can question him. Theirs, uh, they get uh, one of the following. They can also get the ability to cast Force Spells through their uh, heavy armor. They can use, they get to remove the disease effect at the end of a short rest. The only difference for them in this ability that's different from Black Knight is when they use the stasis ability, they can use it on multiple targets. So as long as a black or as a white knight is making physical contact, he can stop multiple people from dying. So as long as he lays down and people like, essentially, you could dogpile onto the white knight, just put bodies on him as he's laying down, and they would all be stasis.
2: See, in stasis, we kind of needed this week because there was a lot of people oh who were like. Down at front and we couldn't get a healer to him, but we could have at least stasis them and yeah. kept them. Like, no, I don't think anyone actually died this week, but it was no one
3: died. They got close. Yeah, it was a
2: drag down, like all night fight, man. We it was crazy this week for sure. So yeah.
3: they, um, so that's theirs, and then we'll scroll down to level two. Um, so the first thing that you can pick up is the lay on hands ability, which allows you to spend thirty seconds. Uh, you basically are like channeling your holy energies into this creature, uh, and they use it to bring someone back from the dead. So that's a very useful skill, but they can only do it once once a day. With but still having that extra resource is always useful mm-hmm. because sometimes you need to have that um, you need to have that extra uh, resources. Can they buy that skill multiple times? I don't think they can, so oh, it's just okay. a one-time purchase, but they can still buy the Corsair Sword Lay on Hand Spirit yeah, through that's, the skill. Tree. That's still cheaper
2: though than going but that's the just skill the skill tree.
3: Yeah, that's just the uh, free one-time use that you have yeah, on matter. super handy. Uh, their next one that they get in level two is they may use the clean da- Cleanse Damage whenever they use uh, type, when they use, expand a Feat of Strength, they use a Death Blow. So they both have, both classes have a Death Blow ability when a, with a Feat of Strength, but for them, that's also very nice for when trying to kill undead. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of an undead and abyssal skill for them. So they use that because some things are immune to certain types of death blows, but they're also more like they t- are more susceptible to others. So cleanse is very nice for undeads and abyssals, and they can do that at any time as long as they have a feat of strength. Uh, their next one is the Oath of Valor. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Oath of Valor is um, very similar to the oath of enmity, but for them, they say they get uh, swear oath to a foe, pledging either to oppose them or to grant them mercy if they yield, and they get a plus three health and a use of a force defend and one bonus use of a negate ethereal, which baby swung through their weapon. That's huge. Um, so that's also kind of how we we're talking how white knights are geared a little bit more towards abyssal things because a lot of things from the abyss can be from uh, are considered ethereal where you have to have certain uh, true visions to see them and it makes it harder to kill them if you can't see them. So that makes it easier as if you know that they are in that area, you can force them out of that etherealness where they're essentially visible. Yeah. Uh, different from the actual skill, invisible. Um, plus Force Defend is nice because like, so for the example to kind of say how a Force Defend works, Uh, You can use defends on any non-force skills, so if I just was hitting him for like a poison, he could have been defended by that. If I was using my Force Death Glow skill, he would have to have a Force level defend to stop it. Uh, Their next one is they get a Circle of Truth, like I was talking about earlier. Uh, The Circle of Truth allows in White Knight to unerringly detect falsehoods spoken by the targeted creature. Uh, this is empowered by their conviction and dedication to the law, and thus a circle of just truth can only be performed in the presence of a judicial authority. So that is different from my, the Black Knight version of justice, where instead of it being from the Black Knight's own internal version of the law, it has to be from an actual authority of the law to mm-hmm. do so. Um, and they can only ask them, a, they can ask a single yes or no question pertaining to the violation of the law. Uh, which the present judicial authority presides. If the targeted creature answers the question asked, the knight will sense if they were telling the lie or telling the truth. Um, and then they have to form out of game, whether it was false or true, and then they can just basically do that. It, is, it, it just allows them to question something. So, like, let's say I was going crazy, and they thought that I was being a crazy necromancer. They could ask me, were you casting necromancy recently? and then I would have to say yes or no. I mean, you could say no, but they would know. No, but they, they would really know, know that I'm lying, yeah, and then they really would just know. further question me, and then the yeah. judicial person would be able to know if I yeah. was lying or not. Yep. Uh, so. so they're level 3. Their first one that they can pick up is, again, the exact same thing. Uh, as what, I, what the Black Knight is, they gain uh, additional lore in martial traditions, politics, and etiquette, or heraldry and regimes. Uh, their next one is the Oath of Protection. Oath Protection is, again, another class ability for them, so if they violate their path of the Lightwalker, they lose the ability to cast this spell. Uh, then, they swear an oath to another creature, pledging to strive to defend them, and gain the ability to use one use of your parry for a bonus defense skill on that character. They also, uh, if they use the Lay on hand spirit, um, Lay on Hands on that uh, person that they've made this pledge to, they gain a bonus heroism immediately afterwards. So it allows that person that they're bringing back up to um, be able to face their danger in that instance. Oh, that's cool. They recently changed the White Knight too, didn't they? Yeah, White Knights and Black Knights both were uh, completely unrelated, but I made a marinated ramen egg for the first time. Hmm. Oh, nice. That does sound tasty. They turned out
2: good? I'll have to try one then. So I know you were talking about that last time we went to ramen, that you wanted to try out the eggs.
3: So try making them on your own, but that sounds cool. That actually does. I want ramen. Um, So so their next uh, next one after that uh, duration, uh, after that oath that they have, is called the uh, Purify spell. Uh, That allows them to do a single foot plant of uh, Purify for five minutes. Which is really nice if you're in an instance where there's something throwing out these po- uh, disease poisons. Mm-hmm. Um, that way it doesn't waste any resources from other players. Uh, then their last one is the uh, Force Grant Heroism. Uh, lay on hands, restore your sp- lay on hands, cleansing Smite or Spirit of Light. Uh, so their first one, Force Grant Heroism, is very similar. Um, where it allows them to be fully immune. They don't have to run from terror or fears, uh, but they have to use it on someone else. They cannot use it on their own. So that's kind of like what a white knight is. They willingly are giving themselves up to help their, their party members. Mm. Uh, then they get another reusable of Lay on Hands. We've already talked about that. Uh, then they get the Cleansing Smite. You may use your weapon to swing two consecutive swings of Force Cleanse forty. Uh, the second swing must occur within 3 seconds, uh, does not have the ability to be called unlike Force Slay. Um, if the swings misses or are physically blocked, that skill is expended. The damage is not increased by anything else that affects that attack. So it's just that flat damage, really good for any um, Abyssal and Undead creatures that are a little harder to hit. And if they've especially got a good armor ceiling, super nice to get past that. Uh, and then their last one, the opposite of the avending shadow, is the spirit of light. Yeah. Um, they're basically kind of cloaked in this heavenly light of cleansing power, uh, but then they can also end theirs early. That's that's kind of the difference. Uh, for them, they can use cleanse type, cleanse damage type with all their weapons. Uh, any elemental spell casting, they can convert that over to cleanse damage, When they use cleanse damage. They get a plus three. Wow. Uh, They gain the ability to do heal, cleanse, heal you, cleanse you, grant well being, and force your spirit through their weapons. So, and theirs is also different. Theirs does not meet the specific requirements for it, it has to be um, a melee weapon. So, as long as they have a ranged weapon, they can do that. Wow. That's also super handy because if you're in a bit of a distance where you can't reach them to touch them with your sword or your hand and you happen to have a thrown Weapon or an Arrow, you can do that, which is very nice. Uh, once, that, once through that stance, they get a use of a Negate Ethereal, uh, so they can, again, bring more things that are hidden by this Etherealness that allows them to come, uh, allows them to pop out of that. Uh, when they're affected by betrayals at all times, uh, they are basically affected by days, which is really nice, especially if it's a very high-leveled White Knight who does a lot of damage. Because daze allows you... Daze forces you to not take any, um, co- any offensive combat. So they can't swing when they're dazed. Which, uh, and a betrayal, only lasts 10 seconds. So it kind of counters out that da- uh, betrayal. Mm-hmm. Uh, gain the ability uh, enslave. Um, this one is a little more situational. Uh, because enslave, uh, enslave, when they're affected by slave, they can... Um, call reduced, and they're effectively knocked out. Knocked out is kind of bad because if there's you don't have your friends nearby and you knock yourself out, that thing can just kill you. Yeah. But enslave is also, it's also good because then you aren't forced to do what that thing is enslaving you to do. Which in some instances it can be very very scary, like go off into the field and kill yourself. Kill your friends. Find this information and when you've, this maximum amount of time has passed, do this thing. So it's very useful. Plus Pleasant six can also force you to talk. So uh, it's kind of a situational thing if you're more in, within your group and your group sees you. Um, gain the immunity to disease, fear, and terror effects, you must call, call resist. So instead of usually just being where they have to run, they just don't have to and they don't have to be hit with a heroism. Or if something's throwing disease, they don't have to walk for 10 seconds and their health isn't cut in half. So, those are kind of the two different uh, knights and all their skills. Uh, kind of the differences. You can kind of see these still are, in the sense they kind of are, they're again, very similar to their codes where they are trying to um, protect their party. One is more for selflessness where he would rather throw himself on the line
0: mm-hmm. rather
3: than the black knight who is, I will still defend you, but I'm going to just do it on my own. Yeah. So that's kind of uh, the classes for you um, and their abilities, so you can kind of understand how they act and how they uh, work. So, there's that. Anything else that you can think of for black, for kind of describing the classes?
2: No, I think we, we, I think we did a good job kind of comparing the contrast earlier with how you know, certain situations would have been handled uh i do kind of like some of the new white knight abilities now that it's been rewritten and i yeah. wasn't going to go white knight for my secondary class but yeah,
3: their white the the rewrite was definitely nice it made it a little yeah. bit more to their class black knight would have been a very powerful option for Bodhi's oh god that would have been terrifying with how healthy Bodhi is with your strength and everything Ugh. and yep. hunker down because it uh, if you well you wouldn't get as much i mean the shield would be nice in the hunker down but I'm sure he's already got enough armor class that a Hunker Down is also still pretty good for, for yeah. Moji. Yeah, it is. It's nice. But. Yeah,
2: that would be scary, especially if you like Rage and, and, and you oh, all, all Oath of Animity or something. and then
3: uh, It's two different stances, because an Oath of Animity is its own stance. Oh, it stance. is a stance. You couldn't... So you both. can go into a Rage and go That's into true. an Oath of Animity. That's so they true. are different, but you would like, with the amount of... Because uh, I think Rage also gives you some feats of strength... Um, I'm yeah. not sure. Uh, you would get that extra force damages they you would get out of that, so. Are you going to ask your, your question?
0: Oh,
2: no. oh There's a question. Yes, I feel yeah. a very important <laughs> question coming. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah, Black Knight would have been kind of interesting to see Boji go, except Boji's kind of against Necromancy. Yeah, Boji well, would, so. I, I don't
3: think with Boji's morals, uh, Clat, yeah, it would, yeah. Black Knight is very militaristic, kind of almost, um, and Bodhi doesn't seem like he'd be the military. Oh, well, I Bodhi? guess he is the general, so that yeah, there is that is sense. way military now, but, so. But not as strict as like <laughs> in Ebrin. Uh, my favorite hard <laughs> memory, um, <laughs> the my favorite one that we've had was that we were on a weekender. It was middle, it was like 12 o'clock at night. We were doing this, we were having kind of this little uh, plot line where we were dealing with one of the older players that used to be in the town felt that we betrayed her and she started bringing back a lot of the other people's, uh, people in town, their loved ones, making them these very, very powerful undead. And she comes in, it's like, like one in the morning, and we, I had heard that there were these Candleborn, as we were calling them, mm-hmm. in town. So I was running to go and defend, like, tell other players, hey, don't go out, lock your doors, these things are in town. And I see one of them being played by uh, Forley's character. I'm not sure if you guys have met Forley or no, not. Uh, so it was, it was another player, and I thought that it was being, because, you know, everyone can play multiple characters. So I thought he was playing this one that we know uh, that's friendly. He's part of the town. And then he tries to, the, the thing tries to knock me out. And then I'm like, oh no, this isn't my friend. So I had to haul ass to to, the, uh, to a safe building. And then we just had this crazy half hour fight where we were running around in the dark. We were going uphill. It was just a very crazy time. Uh, so that's one. My other one that I'd have to say Uh, that was very silly was we were at again another weekend weekenders are the funniest times
2: yeah um there's just so many opportunities for stuff to happen just
3: and just being silly and kind of dumb um so for that one it was we were at, at a weekender and we were just eating dinner it was kind of late no one really was paying attention we were kind of all sleepy and one of the npcs Comes in and he had been collecting trash and garbage from like the kitchen all day to make this really gross-smelling bowl, and he just is stirring. He starts making this really silly. uh, Yeah, that that was yeah that was a crazy night. I'm sure you did not enjoy hearing us running around screaming. It was it was a that that night with the candle burned was, Um, so but the other one so the NPC is mixing his bowl of mush and trash. And he makes this ritual circle, and we weren't paying attention to him. And he just comes, stands outside the tavern, and just screams, I call upon ritual I have to summon greater dire flies! I am the lord of the flies! Fear me! And he just runs off, cackling into the night. And we just had to fight these giant flies. They didn't do much damage, but it was just one of those silly moments that afterwards the were all just Lord of the Flies. <laughs> laughing our asses off because it was just so ridiculous. And we're just like, <laughs> like, I, I don't know if you were there for one of the, um, for this other, uh, NPC, another really funny moment was we had, um, these two ritual casters come in and then we were making this ritual chocolate. Uh, it was actually funny because the brand on the chocolate wrapper was ac- it was actually called Ritual Chocolate, <laughs> oh, and great. we had to go gather the ingredients to make this chocolate. So we had to go get the milk from a kobold or the um, the, the special droppings from Briarbeast, which are these weird viney things, and uh, pixie dust, which was the sugar. So we had the chocolate, the milk, and the sugar to make this magic. Uh, magical chocolate, and we had to go and like, okay, like, the rituals were like, okay, now you've got to stand like this, and you hold out your hand like that, just like that, and if you move, you will ruin the whole thing, and it's just the silly moments are what I like, uh, Mm -hmm. and that's some of my favorite memories that I've had uh, from LARP. So I think that answers that. Yes, Cobalt Milk. Um, Crow, if Crow is still watching, um, he didn't believe that uh, apparently, some rare subspecies of uh, kobolds have uh, teats, and we had to. It was the, the main. The, that was the weirdest part of the whole experience. Was, see, and I had just woken up, and I
2: wanted to go so badly. <laughs> but I was like, I just woke up. I'm not in my armor. I haven't even eaten.
3: I'm like, I'm not gonna go on this. I'll, I'm gonna miss out. On it wasn't moment. a no. It wasn't a no comp. It was thankfully no comp, like light know, combat I, with the briar beasts. But if the NPC was just sitting there all dressed like an old lady kobold. And he just had this little water balloon full of milk. And we just had to milk it out of it. So, so I had a puncture tiny little hole out of it and sit there and put it into this cup.
2: Oh, that's crazy. It
3: was. We're all just laughing. Yeah. The, it, I don't know how the NPC was keeping a straight face the entire time. Because the rest of us who were on that adventure were just losing their shit.
2: I remember Banner came into the tavern and we told him about it. And he's like, I'm off.
3: He was like, where are
2: they? I must see this. I must yeah, see he this. He had to
3: see the cobalt titty. Was uh, unfortunately, it. we killed them all because we were like, no, these things should not be alive. No, yeah, they're kobolds, so. We um, milked it and then killed it. I mean, that, that's how I would do if I saw something that shouldn't be milked. So. <laughs> oh.
2: Alright, does anybody have any further questions for us? I'm not sure who's watching. I know there's
3: that one friend that likes the props, but I don't know if they're in the viewers or not. So I see we've got five friends.
0: I don't
2: know Trying to think of anything else we can go over as well, but I know you've got to get going fairly soon anyway. Yeah. So We're this getting is actually pretty good. This is a pretty good.
3: Uh... What is my name? Uh, my, which name?
2: Your character name, I'm assuming. So I'll we'll see what. Uh,
3: what is oh. my, what is my name? What is my quest? <laughs> uh, and I'm sure it's going to be what's my favorite color? Or what's the capital of Assyria? <laughs> At least somewhere. jack What is my favorite color? Yeah. Uh, name is Diorgo. Become the best black knight. And my color, as you can see, is red. My favorite colors are red. It um, also doesn't help that that's also my country's colors, too. Yeah. Reds and blacks. That's how you can tell. As it's it's, you see this red color, you're like, oh, hey, that's, that's, a, that's an ebron.
2: I guess if you can't tell, Falcon Crest colors are uh, gold and blue. So, and uh, Falcon Crest citizens have to wear these armbands, these yellow armbands. which it is supposed shows to be their the,
3: fierce loyalty to yeah. their nobility.
2: So... I, uh, so yeah, I didn't really tell people that. We didn't go over
3: the, con- the con- country colors, but I don't know if no. they all have them. But uh, Some of them do, and they've got uh, their flags have kind of their colors. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Falcon Crest's main colors can alternate between blue, silver, or gold. Um, and then Ebris is the other kind of main country, and theirs are black, red, and gold mm. on their flag. So. Yeah, and the uh, dark side they're all dressed in
2: black and red.
3: So. Yep, because we, we still like the pride of our country. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just don't really think that it's a very good political spot at the moment. Yeah. Because of all the, the political coup from last year, and we're still trying to clean that up. Yeah.
2: All right, so we're going to go ahead and probably call it there. There's a few things we've got to go over first. The first thing we want to talk about is the Ascendance Gaming Center that lets us film here. Uh, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't even be... Oh, that's... There we go. I mean, I had that plug. I, I need that plug. Yeah. Out here. So, Ascendance Gaming Center, located in South Salt Lake. Uh, the web address, the exact address is right there on that link. Um, these guys, I don't give them enough credit. They're open until 4 a.m. the night before, and they come in at 11 a.m. so that we can do this show. So, really, we owe them a whole lot. The show would not be possible without them. So, the fact that they do that. I get more slaves than them most nights, so and I appreciate them coming in. Uh, but they are a land center. Uh, they've got um, VR. They've got a few ultra systems. So just come on in, hang out, bring some friends, play some games together. Um, Fortnite or League of Legends is a big popular one that people come here to play together. So uh, very popular actually. I've noticed Whatever. we get yeah. a lot of League. Yeah, we get These a lot. Of, it's a
0: new season to start. It yeah, the,
2: the season ten's coming up. So. Yeah. Um, but then the next one that you can see there Is that on Wednesday we will have this Available on podcast format On Anchor LARP Lounge As well as on YouTube
0: When your producer remembers
2: Well that's alright When if we get a chance <laughs> <laughs> So there's the channel link So you can watch any of those videos after Don't the fact it. They're also available on Twitch for a little while um, Or no we've been archiving them all So they're all available on Twitch as well too So Um yeah, go learn some stuff. Go see some of this from last episode, last season, especially the Garodetsky episode. Yeah, that was, was a whole really lot of fun. Um, still trying to... I think I know what I want to do for this season finale. Uh, I just have to get all of the members to say yes. So that's going to be kind of the difficulty there, but it won't be as large as the Garodetskis, but it'll be pretty big. But uh, last thing I guess I want to talk about is... is um, yeah, Mythic Realms, this is the LARP that we're talking about yes. currently. Um, so go check them out every um, Wednesday we play. Join. Yeah, that's what I'm actually thinking of doing for the season finale is the
3: Dark Star. Oh, that would be entertaining. Because we've yeah. got, let's see, uh, I think we've got like ten or eight people that are active. Wow. It's... I didn't realize it was
2: that big, so it will be just as big yeah, as, it's, as the Yeah, it's about version. as large as the
3: Garadetskis because we've got, let's see, Ward, Shania, Parks, Grant... Mike, me, their friends. There's two. Of oh those. yeah, they're two new friends. They're they're two two Which we're gonna have. I think on the next.
2: I think next week we're having two new play, two fairly new players to
3: Mythic Realm showing up. Uh, let me see real quick. So there's them, and then if you're also including other players, then you've got uh, Adam, but he hasn't been here for a while.
2: No, oh, yeah, next week is actually with Commander Gray. I don't know what we're going to talk about yet, but, uh, that's what we're doing next week, Commander Gray. and then the following week we'll be with the two new, uh, two new members the of the Dark Star. The two member new two new, uh, two new players for Mythic Realms. They've been LARPing for a while, but they're new to Mythic new Realms, to so, kind of want to, we'll be talking about, like, their impressions of Mythic Realms, and, uh, just different things like that, so we'll figure it out, but,
3: uh. uh hasn't much time. I, I feel like he'd get along with them. He'd get along with the new guys, um. This especially the one that just is the new pack mule that has a shovel, five swords, and pickaxe, all this thing's just on his back. Oh, when he says shovel, he literally has
2: a a foam, foam shovel, shovel that
3: he can use to hit. It's
2: people. so funny, like I saw it on this Wednesday and I was like, Is that a fucking shovel? So yeah, he literally carries around a round of shovel, which was
3: quite hilarious. So it's like the, uh, brick. Who has uh, the brick. The old Blair is oh character. Um remember. we still carry the brick. I think, I don't remember which player has the break. It's the old
1: player Emissary that came and talked. The one that was there before. Grant, Grant or Travis? Grant. It was Grant.
3: Grant, yeah. Grant's the old one. Yeah. Travis is the, one of the new ones, yeah. But so. We still have a break. Pro, so. Um, um. My personal favorite is one of, uh, Bitterboard Bitterbeer. His player has a foam bottle that he can throw at people. And it's funny. Uh,
2: and then the last thing is I wanted to talk about what's coming up this Thursday for my stream. Uh, I'm going to be streaming RimWorld with a Twitch extension that lets you like buy things and then actually have like characters in game that are named after you and you can like keep track of their life and stuff and they're basically your <laughs> characters in the game. So RimWorld is like a real time strategy simu- like survival simulator I guess you could say. So it takes play like you supposedly, there's a bunch of different scenarios but the one I'm gonna be doing is called the Lost Tribe. So we're tribes people that escape from an attack of, of of mechanical overlords so um Very fun. yeah so that should be fun i didn't stream this thursday because i was trying to get that mod to work and it wouldn't work and after two hours i was frustrated and just said i'm done but rage the the creator of the mod actually helped me fix it which that's, is way cool that's so it's always fun yeah interact. way cool that he helped me with that so uh, that's what we'll be going on Thursday, and then, yeah, Sunday, like I said, we'll be talking to Commander Grey, current leader of the Mercenaries Guild, part of the overall guild, so. Um,
3: Don't know what I'm streaming tonight. I'm sure you'll find something fun. Did you beat Code Vane? Or you could go try Blasmas. That's also a really fun game that I've heard about.
2: So, um And I, yeah, so... But well, we're gonna go ahead and end it there. Thanks everyone for being here. Appreciate all the comments and questions. Thanks for coming back, Jack trades I appreciate it. Sorry you're not feeling good, but hopefully no, you don't it's think a it's long went. game. Yeah. Okay. So I figured that's, I figured you hadn't beat Code Vein, but I was just checking. So that's understandable. But um, so thanks everyone for being here, and I'll see you Thursday or hopefully at least very least Sunday. Bye-bye. Bye bye.
0: Listen to the LARP Lounge live on Sundays at 12 p.m. Mountain Standard Time
3: at twitch.tv slash That's twitch.tv slash A-R-R-U-S-T-A-R.